Welcome back to A Brother's Got Next special episode. This is our year anniversary. Our first episode of A Brother's Got Next dropped November 5th, 2019. D, how you feeling? Man, I feel great, man. It's been a journey. Um, not to sound all sentimental <laughs> and emotional, even though I, I feel like I'm the emotional one out of the, out of the two. Wait, 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 what does um, that mean? Oh, you. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes, I am. I am, and I'll admit that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'll admit that I'm more of emotional and I'm more, of, uh, you know, I, I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. But no, I, I mean, it's from the bottom of my heart, man. I, I, re- I would I, it's, no, it's nothing I'd rather be doing with with, uh, with you know, I know we're we're not related and everybody thinks we're related because we're always together. And, you know, <laughs> people always ask us like. I remember when I got married, people were like, oh, what about Carl? Oh, Claw? I forgot about but... that. Like, <laughs> like, like, I remember when I was, like, moving. Like, when you were moving, they were like, oh, what about Quab? But, like, wait a minute. Like, why are they doing that? <laughs> Whatever you do, like. Nah, man, yeah. but exactly. But, yeah, nah, from the bottom of my heart, man, I, 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 it's, no, it's nothing I'd rather be doing with, you know, with somebody like you, man. Like, we've been brothers, what? It was going on how many years oh, now? This is, what? Almost 19, 19 years, years, I think. Yeah. yeah. It'll be next year. Yeah, man. And you know, it's funny, like, people, you know, were saying to us when we were talking about doing this, like, what took you so long? Exactly. You know what I mean? That, oh, like, yeah. every, everybody said that. Like, it was everybody, like, everybody we talked to when we brought this idea together was like, yeah, I don't know why you guys didn't do this years ago. Like, we, we've been waiting for kind of something like this from you two. And, um, you know, man, it's been, a, it's been a great year. Like I said, it's been a journey. Yeah. I've learned a lot. Uh, I've learned just collaborating with you just on a different level. Like, obviously, we're best friends, but then, you know, we're, like, working together, trying to put this together. And we started this from nothing, from scratch. You know, we kind of just kind of went into this, like, you know, head first. Like, you know, we didn't know how this was going to turn out, but it's been a blast, man. It's been great. You know, the, just the guests we've had on, the support from our friends and family, and then people that don't know us that have listened to us and, you know, we just appreciate all the feedback, whether it's positive, negative, all the love and just, you know, you, you taking the time to listen. Um, yeah, man, I'm trying not to cry or anything, but yeah, man, it's just it's emotional because, you know, me and Quabba for the for the show, we're just talking, man, we, you know, our dream and our goal here is to make this our gig, you know, make this our number one thing we do and present to you guys every week and hopefully wait me one day every day you know, a, a daily yeah, show. Absolutely. So, um, you know, man, like I said, it's, it's no, it's nobody I'd be rather doing this with. Um, and just hopefully, you know, it's already a year down, hopefully got more, you know, many more years to go. And, you know, the, the, the podcast, the show just getting better and better. Yeah. You know? no, that was so, really well said. We're not going anywhere. This is, this is years and years to come. We hope to get better each show, not even each year, each show we're trying to get better. And no, they're right. those same those same sentiments, man. It's like the, even the the way that we collaborate, the way we 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 toss ideas to each other, the way we work with each other, man. You know, it's it's like it's open and honest dialogue. There's no, you know, oh, why would he say that or why would he say this? It's just we work together. That's right, what, right, right. And I just and you know, yeah. it's funny, like just going back to how, like I said, it started. Like you came over to the apartment. I I remember I presented the idea right. to you, and you didn't hesitate. You're like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. You know, we didn't know where this was going to go. We didn't know what, what was going to happen. We know how this was going to turn out, but I feel like, like you said, the more and more, you know, at every episode we got better and better and better and improved and we got feedback and we had people coming on, you know, we started to get bigger guests 
Um, not to say the, the the guests that we have. Oh, yeah, we been, love all. Everybody's our guests. been important. <laughs> yeah, we love all our guests. Obviously, you know, we had our friends and family on here. Um, but you know, just where we where would the show started to where it is now? Um, man, I I couldn't have never envisioned how it would have turned out. You know what I mean? So, like I said, from the bottom of my heart, man, I appreciate everybody who has supported us from day one, who has been involved in this, who's encouraged us. And who's given us, you know, whether I said negative or positive feedback. And yeah, like I said, I can't say it enough. No, for sure, man. I agree. That was really well said. And, you know, as I, what, one, one thing I want to say to all of our listeners is, man, if you guys could continue to promote us and tell your friends, tell your family members if they're in the sports, you know, music, everything that we talk about, man, just just put us out there and we, we would really appreciate that. But with that said, D, let's get started on episode 33 one thing that we've been getting great feedback on is when you give uh, some of your music suggestions, man, because one thing that you're always at, like pretty much a few times a week, you'll send me a screenshot of, hey, man, listen to this album. It's like you'll give me a mini review of an album you're listening to on the train on your way to work. And, you know, it's like, right, man, I still right. have a list of albums I got to get to. But, you know, what have you been listening to recently, man? What's been queued up on the on your uh, Apple music? Man, yo, that new Buster I've listened Rhymes, to that. L.E.E. I've listened to that. Um, Extinction Level Event 2, man, I cannot get past that first track. Now, there's other good tracks on there, but um, shout out to your boy. You know, uh, he uh, the first track is mixed in with the old Nas beat, um, uh, The World Is yeah, Yours, classic. you know, obviously produced by classic. Pete Rock. But, yo, man, the way Busta and Rakim spit on that, um, I can't get past the first track. I, I, I think I've had that on repeat for the last couple of days, just that mm-hmm. song. And I listen to it probably like four times a day. And I just keep thinking, and I'm, I'm sure you agree with me, it would have been so dope if they would have got Nas to get, do a verse on it. I'm surprised. On because, just because, because Buster and Nas are actually really yeah. tight with each other, too. So you Exactly. And the fact that Pete Rock actually did the beat again. So that beat that you're hearing, even though it's kind of a little remastered, a little tinkered with, Pete Rock actually did that beat. Like, that. that's not like, you know, he took Pete Rock's beat and some other producer did it. Like, that's actually Pete Rock doing a brand new version of, you know, The World Is Yours beat. And it's, it was like, yo, like, I just kept thinking, like, man, don't don't get me wrong. To have Rock, I haven't heard Rakim rhyme in years. So it was great to hear Rakim, you know, on it. And obviously it's Buster's song. But I just think it would have been so dope and so fitting to have Nas just do a verse yeah, on there. It you know what I mean? And at the, the, the name of the track, I know it's just called uh, Extension. Extension. Extinction level event, excuse me, to intro. So it's just it's first intro, yeah, it's, right? It's the intro, and it's long. I think it's like seven minutes long, but it's it's really dope. Another song I really like on there because I've listened to the album as well. Really liked it was uh, "Don't Go" with Q-Tip. And one thing about Q-Tip, I feel like he's still a very underrated lyricist. Right. You think about Tribe, you think a lot about their production. You think about Fife Dog, R.I.P. But Q-Tip still sounds the same. He still has that same delivery. I love Q-Tip, man. Definitely one of the more underrated hip-hop figures of all time. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, man. I mean, there's other dope tracks on there. That's the thing. Like, but I just... I mean... Yeah. Now, sorry, you you went... You um you dropped out for just a second. What, what were you saying after that? No, I was saying... um, I just love how the beat changed. Like, you know, that's that with the track... I just love how, you know, it's one beat. It starts off at one beat, and then the, the yep. track changes into the, 
you know, the world is yours beat. Oh, it switches up. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, that. man. I just yeah. love it. And Bus is just, yo, he's he's just flowing on that joint, man. He is, he's just straight bringing it. Like, he still has it. I, I, I'm not to say he ever lost it, but, man, like, even on the whole album, you know, you when you listen to it, you're like, dog. Like, I'm, it's funny. I'm trying to get a trend here, especially this year with 2020, everything going on. A lot of, the, like, these older rappers who have come out with stuff, man, they, they're bringing it, like, they still got oh, it. Lyrically, like, they're still showing they got it. Yeah, Absolutely. man. You know what I mean? And Busta's been one of the more underrated MCs out there. You know, his he did this is his first studio album, I believe, in eight years since 2012. But you know, one thing that really stood out to me about this album was the production. I mean, you look, he's got Swiss Beats on there, Jay Dilla, Pete Rock, DJ Premier, Knife Wonder, Rick, uh, you know, just so many key guys that that came together for this album and you know when you're Buster Rhymes you can get the you know the every you know you can get any producer you want pretty much and, and it, you can tell when listening to this album yeah nah man for real like 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 right I mean just all those producers you name I mean they're all like epic produce I mean you're talking about people that have been on classic albums that produce classic albums for people like five micers you know what I mean so yeah. it's it's yeah. it's crazy man it's just crazy but nah I mean I love the album um, like I said, it just would have been fitting to have Nas on that on that track. But Rakim mm-hmm. brings it too, man. I haven't heard Rakim rhyme in so long, but yo, Rakim, he still has it. Like it just brought nostalgia to me. Like it's funny because in in that track, he talks about um, when he made the Seventh Seal. You remember that album, the Seventh Seal? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And dog, he just, I mean, that verse that he gives, he's just flowing on it, man. It just bring it, it brought like. I, I literally kind of had goosebumps listening to it. Like, that's why I listen to it so much, because it's like, I don't know, it just takes me back to a time where, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, when, you know, hip-hop was hip-hop, man. Just the lyricism is just on point. Uh, yeah, I mean, if somebody wanted to say Rakim is the greatest lyricist of all time, I don't think that would be blasphemous by any means. I think there's a strong argument for that. So that's, uh, yeah, it's good to hear. It's good to hear the God MC back on the mic, man. Nah, no doubt, no doubt, man. Yeah, yeah. Now, is there anything else you've been listening to as of late? So, I've been listening to a couple. So, I know, I think her, I know you're big on her too. Uh, yeah, she's I coming, like out, her. With a, she's her, coming her. out with a new album soon, I believe. Yeah. And um, she was on Saturday Night Live, and I, I didn't know she had some new singles out. Um, but she has a track, I, I guess it's going to be her new album. Um, I forgot what it's called, but she, she performed it on SNL. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, Damage. Uh, it's a single. Is it called Hold On? Does that sound familiar? No, Damage. Damage. Oh, Damage. Okay. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. it's called Damage. Yeah, but yo, she performed on SNL, and I was like, yo, this joint is tough. It's tight, and um, yeah, man, I can't wait till her new album comes out. You know what I mean? I've I've, yeah. I've been a fan of her since day one. You know, I, and I know you've been on her too for a while, but um. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for all really? of our listeners who have never heard of her, her at her name is H E R her. <laughs> right, exactly. There you go. There yeah. you go. Oh, and right. we can't before we before we move on. Uh, you got to give me your final thoughts on the Ti album. I haven't finished it yet, but I know you were feeling that one too. Yeah, no, it's 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 a it's a good solid album. You know, shout out to our boy Kahar. I know he thinks it's probably a classic, but uh, no, nah, it's a, it, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's a good album. Um, I, I've listened to it, you know, more than a few times. Um. Yeah, no, nah, it's, it's great. I, I'm still on that Benny the Butcher album, though. I don't know if you have you've had a chance to listen to that. That's still um, on the that's still on the playlist. Ben, uh, ben yeah, the dog. Yeah, whenever you get a day or just some time, 
yeah, Burdens of Proof, man. And uh, you won't be disappointed. Like, that album is, uh, yeah, that that's probably up there for probably one of my albums of the year. Album of the year. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely up there for probably one of my albums of the year. Everybody uh, but, I know that's listened to that album has, like, glowing reviews of it. Everybody. Yeah, knows. man. That whole Griselda movement, like, like I said, from him to Conway the Machine, even West Side Gun, all their albums, their, their latest albums are dope. You know, yeah. and obviously they're dope as a group, but individually, like I said, that's why rem- they remind me so much of the Wu because you remember like how Wu had so many members, but individually they were so nice and they had individually had dope albums. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, man. Shout out to Griselda, man. And um, yeah, no I, you know, they're they're just. I feel like they're just they're just getting started. You know, they're just gonna keep getting better and better, and you know. In the next year, a couple of years down the line, we might be talking about them as like, yeah, man, they that was like that movement we we saw this coming. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I right, Well, with that said, man, you know, <laughs> one thing these guys aren't all these artists we name, they're not one hit wonders. Um, no, no, they're not. Now, <laughs> the reason I bring that up is because you know me, man. I'm an I'm, I like I'm an old head. I like listening to. Remember our friend, our friend in uh, college, Shantae. She used to say I used to listen to jams. Okay, that's right. That's right. I like listening to old music, man. And that includes one hit wonders as well. So it had me thinking, D, we got to go through our list of our favorite and you can even sprinkle in some of your least favorite one hit wonders. It can be from when you were in elementary school, high school, college, now, although I don't really know about now. I don't really know about new artists like that. So I want you to give me and I'll give you some of mine. Give me some of your favorite one hit wonder tracks or artists and, and some of your least favorite. What you got? Okay, so I'm gonna try to <laughs> kind of go from like the 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 uh, the era, like the nineties yeah, yeah, era, that's the same thing era. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna start with the nineties era, of course. So in the nineties, I think you one, I think and then I'll and you give me one, and then I'll give you one, and we'll kind of go back. Yes. Back. So everybody knows this song. I love this song even till this day. I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're it's gonna, gonna be played. <laughs> it's, it's played in a lot of movies and shows. But uh, you, you got to go with Return of the Mac oh, by absolutely. Mark Morris. That was on my list, man. Mark Morris. Yeah. So That's definitely. A classic track. Classic. classic. Dude, I have it on my on my iTunes, you know, my one of my on my playlists, dude. I can still listen to that now and still get hype. Like, it's still a banging song now. It's such a great song, man. Yeah. And he legit is a one-hit wonder. Like, I can't name one. He probably <laughs> hasn't even came up with an album since that one. Like oh damn yeah yeah because I I've only I yeah I mean I know he's from England I don't really know a lot about him either I know he's from England and that was pretty much it I, I that was the only thing I kind of knew about him you know yeah it's you know how anytime you look somebody up like on Wikipedia it it tells you like it gives you the year they started and like what they're like when they ended. His set right. 1993 to present. So I guess he's still performing. I mean, really, he probably just performs that one song. Like he'll go to a concert and like sing that song and be like, all right, peace. He just sings that one song. <laughs> I mean, really, I'd still go to that concert though, just to hear that. Oh, one I still song. go. I would <laughs> definitely go. Wait, first of all, he definitely. was signed with Death Row. I didn't know that. Oh, no, I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah. So he was with his first record label was some, I think it was like a European. Oh, Warner, Warner Music. That's when he okay. dropped the Return of the Mac album. Then he signed with Death Row. Daro. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I forgot you know, about like, that. Death Row started signing like a bunch of people though, and it's like they never came out with anything. It's like okay. So wait a minute. So was the the, the, the was Return of the Mac on Death Row on Warner? No, no, Return of the Mac was on the Warner. Um, oh, okay. Atlantic 
slash uh, Warner Music Group. Gotcha. But then, but then okay. he signed with with a Death Row, but he didn't come out with anything. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Well, what yeah, that sounds like I don't know what Suge that sounds like. Doing. That sounds like Death Row. Yeah, that's a Suge issue. I don't know what's going exactly. On. All right, exactly. so that's a good one, D. Here's one that I got. This one kind of takes me way back, though. This is like the fifth grade, sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I know you remember "I Wish" by Skilo. Oh, of course, yeah. That's another, oh, yeah. That's a classic too, man. I wish I was a little bit tall. Everybody knows that song. Oh, of course. You know, that's a classic. I, I remember the video when he's sitting on the bench. <laughs> yeah, I feel kind of bad for him, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but uh, and it was a dope song though. Yeah, I used to sing, I used good. to like hum that, sing that to myself a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> First of all, you were were you like a short dude at one time? Like you were short. Well, yeah, I was like boys? in fifth or sixth grade, so of course I wanted to be like taller and do all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, I guess with me, I was never like the short guy. I was always like average height compared to my friends. No. Okay. So yeah, I, I was too. But you know, like you know, when we were younger, you always want like kind of grow up fast and yeah, kind of you know what I mean. So I guess when you listen to that song, you're kind of like, yeah, I do wish I was taller, and I and you do wish you were a baller. You know what I mean? Yeah, I still kind of wish that. All those things. Well, yeah, especially that second part. <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> right. All right. What else you got? So my second song. Oh man. So this is gonna take you back. We always kind of talk about the song you and me. And uh, she's from she's from where you're from. Well, not she's from Cali, not from your you know your town. Yep, but yep. man, now this is probably you know to all the guys listening out there. This is probably one of the first songs you heard when you were going through puberty, and you were like. Yeah, I don't know what song you're gonna like, say here. Yeah, let's just, huh? I have no idea where you're going with this. I'm curious. Uh, Freak like Freak like me by Adina. Oh, Adina Howard. Oh, was she just the one who wonder? She didn't have any other bangers. Yes, I don't remember her when. Yeah, other... yeah. Oh no, right. you know what? She had she had that panty song, but yeah, that I was, was pretty much it. it though. Yeah, yeah, but the Freak like me was a huge hit. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, Dina Howard, man, she was probably one of my. First crushes when I was going through puberty, and uh, that video—I mean, I can still watch it now and be like, "Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 not WAP, but it was the WAP of of its day." Yeah, you know, I, I still remember the album cover vividly. Oh, she had yeah. on like those tight black, like I think they were like leather shorts, and I was like, "Man, like wow, look at her!" You know, man, I, I guess that was the first time I was like, I, I really started liking booty. I was like, "Oh, damn, okay." Right, right. Man, I, was, you know, I was a young we were going dude. through I was like, puberty. Yeah, like you know fifth what I mean? grade. We were like starting to like girls. It's like you're like, yeah, man. This is this is this is tough. Yeah, the name of the album is "Do You Want to Ride?" I was like, I mean, <laughs> that, back then I wouldn't know how to answer that question. But... <laughs> man, Adina Howard. <laughs> yes. I'm about to go look back a lot of memories for a lot of a lot of a lot of us guys when we were going through yeah, puberty. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right, yeah. another one I got is. This is your song, first of all. You love this track. Okay. Whatever, happened to, whatever happened to that dude, Lil Troy? He sang that song, Wanna Be a Baller. Remember that track? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wanna be a baller. Yeah, you used to sing that hook all the time. Yeah, from the highway. Get better away. Fly away. <laughs> terrible. Like, what is this? But people love that song. Like, my cousin was like, yo, this is hard. I'm like, no, it's not. It's <laughs> awful. Nah, nah. He, I, I did like the song. It was catchy. It was catchy. It was catchy. Yeah. I think he was from like Houston or something. He's from Texas or whatever, some southern state. Yeah, that but, was when um, all the Lils. Like that's when a lot of Lils started coming out. Like Lil this. Yeah, Lil. but I don't think he made anything else beside that. No, he's a one hit wonder. <laughs> Not only that. Okay, so the rest of the song. I don't know if you remember listening to the rest of the song, but a lot of the 
a lot of them, he was he was like off beat. Oh God. Yeah, like listen to the rest of them, like he was like off beat. I was like, what is this? Yeah, not so I really just like the hook. I didn't really like the song, I just like the hook. Speaking of Lil's, what happened to Lil Flip? People love remember in college, like people love that dude. Yeah, I think T.I. ended his career. Oh, and no disrespect to T.I., <laughs> but I don't know if you should be getting your career ended by T.I. Like, and that does oh. not... Nah, no, people are going to be like, why are you, why are you hating on T.I.? I'm not hating on T.I., but getting your career ended by him? Yeah, I think he got his career ended. I'm being, I'm being 100% real. Yeah, game over. Man, people love that. You got to feel me. People love that album. <laughs> when yeah, I used to work deep. at Best Buy, when I used to work at Best Buy back in like 2003... Dog, like every day, people used to buy like copies. One dude bought two copies. I'm like, well, why do you have two copies of it? Why are you buying two of them? Maybe he's buying one for his no, girl. Nothing was funnier than this than the story you told me when you were in class and they were like listening to it. First of all, and this is not to look, man. You know, I love you and LB. That class, <laughs> the dude. First of all, he was, he was like chilling on the floor for some reason in class, <laughs> and he was listening to uh, game. I think it was called Game Over. I think that was the name of that. Yeah, song. Game Over. Yeah. Yeah, and, and him and his boys were in the back of the classroom, like, chilling on the floor, like, yeah, as they were bumping. And I'm always looking at the teacher, I'm like, why is he letting them just do this? This is so weird. I don't understand what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, that's still one of the funniest stories. That was mad weird. All right, so I'll give you another one. So, you, you obviously, you know this one, too. Um, this is a cla- or a classic one-hit wonder, but the... It's funny, I, the song, now, this song was remixed, and the remix is actually better than the original, um, and I'm talking about Flavor in Your Ear by Craig Mack. Oh, that's a classic. Now, you, classic. dog, you remember the, you remember the remix, right, Quab? It had Big, yeah, Oh, it had a bunch of, yeah, a bunch Busta, of it. yeah. LL, Rampage, and I think that was it. Yeah, that was it. It was Big, Rampage, Busta, and LL. So that remix, that's one of the actually the best remixes I've ever heard in my life. Like, obviously, it was in the, it was in the mid '90s, but dog, they all just killed it on there. I mean, obviously, Big's on there, so you know, enough said with that. But um, yeah, and Craig Mack was here, man. I forgot about that. Yeah, Flavor in the Air. Craig Mack, was, by the way, the Craig Mack. Yeah, all right. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, Craig Mack was pretty much a one hit wonder. I think he had one other track, if I remember, but he pretty much was a one hit wonder. Um, like I, to be honest with you, after he dropped that, yeah, you really never heard from him after that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder if he dropped like another album or something because I didn't hear anything about. Him. Nah, I didn't either. It's, it's funny. I met him in the middle of Brooklyn when I was like in middle school. Like he 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 had already dropped that album, but I think I was like in seventh or eighth grade. I was walking with one of my friends from school, and he was in Brooklyn, and he was like, I don't know if he was in his car or by his car, but I remember meeting him, and he was mad cool. He was, he was from Brooklyn, but he was just out and about, and I was like, oh man, that's Craig Mack. And um, is he from? He's yeah. from Brooklyn. Yeah, he's from Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, man, I just remember meeting him too. But yeah, no, I love that song. That that remix is so dope. Um, like I said, I mean, when you hear all the names, Busta, LL, you know, Big, even Rampage brought it in in that in that uh on that track. That Rampage for people that don't know Rampage, he he was a part of the Flipmo squad with Busta. Mm. Um, so when all yeah, these rappers man. have squads, like they had like little crews. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. Okay. Nobody has that anymore, like a little crew. <laughs> I'm being real. A lot of the crews were never that good. Like, I'm, I don't care what anybody says. The Outlaws, they weren't that good. No. Uh, what was I, not... didn't think, I didn't think Julia Moffitt was that bad, though. They, they, well, that album was, was pretty good. 
but yes, Rick- conspiracy is a good album yes, yeah that I was agree. pretty good i mean good because get money was on that album right oh of course a classic you yeah. also had um not just get money you also had uh um players anthem yep yeah, no, they had, they, no, I thought that album was actually pretty good. Conspiracy, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, I thought that was pretty good. These little cruise. And Nas, <laughs> Nas had a... Uh, remember, you got on me for buying the album. Man, what were they called? Uh, oh, um... <laughs> oh, man. It was Nas and the... What were, they, what were they called? Not Queens. Man, the, the Bravehearts. The Bravehearts. The Bravehearts, <laughs> yeah. Eh, they, weren't, they weren't that good. <laughs> Didn't CI help That's the right. little crew? They they say that what's up like like shoulder lean. Oh, um, yeah, crew? the pimp a uh, PSC pimp pimp squad click. Yeah, I'm not a fan of these crews. They're never that good. <laughs> Yo, you remember? Okay, I got another one hit wonder for you. 1999. Uh-huh. Now this song, okay. I feel like a lot of young boys like me appreciated because like when no pigeons dropped, we felt very disrespected. Oh yeah. Sporty thieves, no pigeons. The sporty thieves. First of all, it's a terrible name, but they were definitely one hit wonders. I never heard anything else. Well, they only responded to the no scrubs thing, and I thought that was it. Well, dude, they had an album. What? Yeah, that was on their album. Sporty. Oh, I didn't know they had an album. I thought they were just replying to TLC's no no scrubs. Nah, they came out with the album. It was called Street Cinema. Like nobody. First of all, who was listening to that? The whole album. Album. <laughs> it's like Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. Nobody was listening to that full album. You just listen to that full song. <laughs> no, just no. And a great story, by the way, if you don't mind saying real quick, wasn't that a CD that has been passed along that you passed along in high school? Oh. So, yeah. So, <laughs> Lord Tariq and Peter Guns came out with the album, their debut album, their only album. So, I guess they could also be one hit wonders while we're on the top. Yes. Lord Tariq and Peter Guns, they came out with Make It Rain. That was the name of their album. <laughs> It, it, had a, it had a couple of tracks on it, though. Like, I think people were a little hard on that. It had a couple bangers on it. But my brother gave it to me. He's like, hey, I don't really want this. I'm like, yo, you're giving me? You know it's bad when you, got, you give somebody a CD. So my brother gave right. it to me. And then I was like, eh, I don't really want it. So then I gave it to the homie Toby. And then for, one day I was asking Toby, like, oh, man, you still bumped that Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. He's like, nah, I gave it to somebody. Like, dog. The CD's been passed down four times. I've never heard that before. I, I do. I do sometimes wonder, like, man, I wonder where it's at now. Like, man, where is that? <laughs> it's probably like in some random, some random country, like in Kazakhstan somewhere. Getting <laughs> it's probably some random person's garage. Yeah. Dang. I wonder. I really wonder what yeah. happened to that album. <laughs> Make It Rain by Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. Damn. Oh man. Sporty thief. Alright, so I'll, I'll give you I'll give you one more. Now, I don't know if you remember this song. Um and I don't know if you were even hip to them. Um, do you remember the, the group Crucial Conflict? I do remember the group. What was the name of the song? Hey, remember Hey in the Middle of the Bond? <laughs> yeah. So that song, yo, that was one of my all-time favorite songs. When I was like, a, like you know, I would say, I guess in middle school, yeah, middle school, junior high school, like, yeah, when I was like, you know, a teenager, preteen, dude, I love that track. But come to find out, like, that was like their only banger. Like, I know they had an album. I never heard the album, but I only know that song that, hey, in the middle of the bond, because the beat was so tough. We should go and, back um, and listen were, to all these guys, like, full albums. Like, you should go listen to the Sporty Thieves album. I'll listen to, like... <laughs> Yeah, I'll listen to the whole thing from like track one to the end. Like, man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna do it. 
Yeah, but Crucial Conflict, man, I, I love that song. The hey, it's called Hey, but the song, like I was just singing it, and I'm probably not doing any justice, but it goes like, hey, <laughs> like in the like, middle of the Our bond. listeners are like, yeah, yeah that sounds kind of whack. <laughs> I know, but if you listen to the actual song or, you know, go listen to a download or YouTube it, you'll see what I'm talking about. You'll be like, oh, this kind of bangs. Like, especially for like 90s kind of music, because like that type of beat and that kind of song, that's kind of stuff we hear now from like new newer people. They were doing that back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So that's yeah. So that's 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 one of my all time favorite one hit wonders. I got one more. I'm okay. Just, I really hated this song. Um, it was, and, and I, I just feel like I wanted to bring it up because it reminds me of just college. And anytime I used to hear it and how much people loved it, it drove me crazy. Remember that dude? His name was Iman. He came up with that one song, "I Don't Want You Back." <laughs> oh yeah. You always, you always used to sing it and like. Dude, you used to, like I hate, used to like uh say your own words. I hated it. So apparently, I guess his girl did him dirty, and he started just saying like, <laughs> "You you remember the song, obviously." Like, yeah, I do. Because you used to you used to you used to make your own lyrics to it. You used to be like you used to insert other no, other words. No, what it. I was doing is remember there was like you know how like I don't like this at all and. It's it's exactly what Sporty Thieves did with No Pigeons. People will come up with like these rebuttal songs, like oh, you can't, oh, oh you yeah. can't, you come out with No Scrubs, I'm gonna come with No Pigeons. So after Iman dropped, I don't want you back. There was like a girl version of it, and there, yeah, she was like, she was like, <laughs> it was like mad explicit. Like, Your dick is so small. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Awful. <laughs> like, yo, man, I don't like these. I don't like these rebuttal songs. I'm not really doing that. <laughs> it's like it's okay. Just let somebody let 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 whichever sex whichever sex decides to come out with that song. Just let it be. You don't have to come out with a rebuttal song all the time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I I do remember that. Yes, Iman. I don't know who that girl was, but yeah. You are so whack. It's like, oh, because <laughs> I remember. Oh, I remember listening to on the radio. And then the DJ was like, yeah, now we got the rebuttal by whoever. And then they played that. It was like back to back. And I was like, what is it? <laughs> they played <this?"> both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, what's going on here? But man, yeah, I'm sure so... we have so many other one hit wonders. So we'll, we'll definitely continue this, this segment again some other time. But I enjoyed that, oh, man. Yeah, for it's sure. nice to reminisce a little bit. That for sure. So it's the midseason. You know, most teams have played eight games. So what we wanted to do on the podcast is we want to give you a little mid-season review, the the A the ABGN awards or whatever you want to call it. You know, we're gonna give you our most disappointing team, our our MVP so far. We'll give you, we got quite a few. And of course, I'm joined by my ace, my boy Herm, big Cowboys fan. He was he was a big hit in, in our last episode early in the process. And Herm, just to let you know, this is our one-year anniversary show as well, our first podcast was November 5th of 2019. So welcome to the show, man. Oh, what's going on, fellas? Uh, that's, that's awesome, and congrats uh, on all the success on the show. I feel honored to be back on the uh, the one-year anniversary. No, no doubt. doubt. It's, no good, doubt. it's good to have you back, man. And, and you're a Cowboys fan. Um, I don't know how much you're repping that these days, but it only made sense <laughs> to have you on this episode of Steelers Cowboys Week, man. Y'all hype like me? Let's go. No, not at no, all. No, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> hype about this podcast, but no, the season's... Yeah, crazy. no, not at all. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so let's get started. Now, we, we have to kind of, we have to touch on that game. But before we do, before you guys give me your final score prediction, 
I need to know the state of the Cowboys fan right now. I, I need to know where y'all are at mentally. Herm, you're the guest. How are you feeling about the, are, are you are you done caring about the Cowboys this season? Like, how do you feel? Are you still invested? I'm watching every game. I mean, the, the, the NFC East is still up for grabs, as we know. But are you still invested in the 2020 Cowboys? It, I have. I no longer have stock in the 2020 Cowboys, and I'm considering my future stock uh, with with this with this team. To be honest, whoa, team, yeah, whoa, yeah, that's breaking news right there. Oh, this is break, This is breaking news. We're getting on the podcast. Right now. <laughs> no, look, I think that's just frustration talking. Uh, but you know, you think about this team. You really think about it. It, it. it goes back to the NFL draft. In the midst of a pandemic, you have Jerry Jones excited. Uh, to be drafting from his yacht. If that, if that's not, <laughs> think about it. Think about the optics on that. So, like, that's where it all started. And then, an hour or two later, we drafted CD Lamb when this team knew it needed defensive end, it needed a safety, uh, maybe a right, right. maybe a linebacker. Um, so, you know, it's it's frustrating because the Cowboys they like to make these glamorous surface level. Um, selections and picks and additions to the team via free agency, but uh, there's not a lot of uh, substance and depth uh, within the team. Um, and no, the, uh, you know, the season's over. If you really think about it, the, the season was over the, the moment um, uh, Dak suffered his uh, catastrophic injury. Um, and uh, you know, the, that season was over and it was on the brink of being over with that, uh, with that terrible defense, uh, you're talking about uh, allowing some of the worst. Some of, you're talking about some of the worst uh, defense that you know the NFL has seen since the merger, statistically, literally, um, if you look it up. And so, you know, we were on the brink of being a seven and nine or eight and eighteen with Dak, regardless. So, um, uh, you know, without him, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter. And you know, personally, I'm I'm pretty sure you agree, Darren. Even if we were in a position to where it came down to the last game of the season, week seventeen. I wouldn't want to be. I would. I wouldn't want to be fighting for the NFC least. Yes, I said NFC least. I wouldn't want to be fighting for that championship. <laughs> I, I. I am. Yeah. Fair. I. I would. I, I would rather not bring any more attention to uh, ourselves as the Dallas Cowboys to, to be the the champion of that division. It's you're you're better off just falling somewhere within that second second or third place. Um, um, spot as opposed to being the winner um, of that division. Um, so hopefully that sums up the state of uh, state of this Cowboy fan. <laughs> Man, wow, that really summed it up. You you gave us some breaking news too, but yeah, like you said, it was more frustration. But Darian, what are your thoughts, man? Twenty twenty Cowboys, what's up? Look, I mean, you know, you and me always have these conversations, and. I, you know, look, I'm an emotional Cowboy fan. Most people that know me and then you know me that, like I said in the beginning of the show, I wear my emotions on my sleeve, but I'm completely done with this team. Now, I'm not going to go as far as Herms to saying I'm completely done for the future, but this season I'm completely done. And as I was saying, you know, to you before the show, it's like I was talking to my wife about this. I said, I just feel a calm and ease not even watching them because I didn't watch the Eagles game last weekend. And, you know, I thought I would find myself trying to, like, you know, look at the score or look, you know, kind of, you know, check in on what's going on. I didn't. And I just, you know, it's how you know, like, you know, you know, you used to always get on me, Cloud, saying, you know, I always just tell you, I know my team. I know this team. And I've, I've been a team. I've been with this team pretty much since I've been watching football. So I know them. And I, I just hate to break this, 
to a lot of Cowboy fans. But unfortunately, I don't think we, we won't have a lot of seasons like this, but we're going to have a lot of average or below average seasons as long as Jerry Jones is the owner or, you know, because to, to me, that's where it starts. The reason why where we are, and, and I know Hermes said on a lot of these points, but it starts at the top. It starts with Jerry. And Jerry is starting to turn into Al Davis of the Raiders. And I'm talking about bad Al Davis. I mean, when he was near, near his deathbed, um, Al Davis. Um, so it, I, I just hate to say that I don't think anything's going to really change or we're not going to get any better or win until Jerry's dead. And um, Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I just hate to put it that way, but it's, I think it's just the truth. And people That's probably don't want to mm-hmm. – yeah, people will probably don't want to hear that or hear – come to that realization, but I mean, he's just not a good, he's not, okay. I don't want to say he's a bad owner. He's just, he's a, he's a horrible GM. He shouldn't be a GM. He should get a real GM. And I think that's where the issues start. Like he wants to be in total control of everything with his team, all the decision-making and he shouldn't, he should be getting somebody that really knows how to put together a team and how to draft, how to look at talent, how to just put, you know, both sides of the ball, offense, defense, special teams together. He doesn't know how to do that. And like Herman said, he likes to make these splashy, you know, draft picks. And then, you know, it, it's funny to me because he he kind of changed. Like when he first got the team, he used to make all these big free agent signings. Like, you know, he used to always, you know, overpay all these like aging, you know, stars or he would get somebody overpay them. But he doesn't even do that anymore. And it's funny. I'd actually rather him do that now than what he's doing now than the, getting these draft picks. Like like Herman said, you did, we don't need we didn't need a receiver. Like he should be going overpaying for somebody that at least can be a little bit productive than this than the than the uh talent or the stuff we have on the field right now. And I'm talking about offense and defense. So it's 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 just it's just so frustrating being a cowboy fan. And I know people say we're America's team and people always are, you know, getting on us because we're always on TV and we're always talked about. But it's frustrating. It's just I, I'm just at the point where it's just like, yeah, as long as Jerry Jones is alive. And kicking, this is going to be pretty much what we're going to get, um, unfortunately. So, you know, I'm still going to be a fan, but I just feel like until he's dead, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I won't go as far as to talk about Jerry's death, although the Cowboys have died. <laughs> and, and I, I, I agree. I agree, Darius. But I will say, I will give. So I will give the Cowboys credit because they have drafted well over the last seven or eight seasons. Um, probably 2016 being one of the best draft classes because um, they really uh, knocked it out the park with Dak, Ezekiel Elliott, and Lee Collins. Um, and I think uh, I think we got Jalen um, as as well within the second round. So we actually drafted pretty well. However, where where the flaws come into play is with Jerry. Jerry doesn't need his radio show in the morning commenting. There's no other. There's no other owner that does that. Jerry and Thank Stephen don't you. need to come out and, and answer questions, um, you know, to the press on Wednesdays and Thursdays, which a coach would normally do. Jerry has to be okay with not being in front of the camera, not being the face um, of the team Monday through Friday. He just needs to smile, sign those checks. Uh, shake the players' hands before the game and go up to his box and his suite and enjoy the game. Until that happens, the Cowboys are going to continue to be uh, the mediocre team that you have. They're going to they're going to have these they're right. going to have these ebbs and flows, but they're never really going to take off. 
And I heard this analogy uh, a couple of weeks ago, but the Cowboys are like are like uh, uh, the movie star The Rock, right? So The Rock, big time, highest paid actor, uh, blockbuster, right? Fun, everybody go watch. But more than likely, he'll he won't win, he won't win an Academy Award where the championships at, right? So, and that's kind of where the Cowboys are. They're the big. They're 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 the Forbes number one uh uh the the uh, richest team or you know in all sports they're great to watch they're number one in terms of uh, viewership um you know every Sunday um but they're not really gonna get you to where you need to be and I think part of that is not gonna happen until Jerry realizes he needs to move to the side or or you know or, or do what Darian says. <laughs> <laughs> or 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 croaks oh, one croak, of the two. Man, no. <laughs> no, but the Herm, in all seriousness, I mean, you don't Hermes, you don't see them, you don't see, and this is this is this is the disturbing thing. You don't see a pattern of like, you remember how Al Davis was at the end of his, you know, before he died with the Raiders right. and how he acted. Right. You don't you don't see I, that with I, Jerry. I do, like, I do see that. You're right. You're, and that's and that's what's so concerning. That's what's so concerning. You're seeing the similar similarities between him and Al Davis, how Al Davis was near the end of where he was with the Raiders. And that's what's concerning me. It's like he's almost getting to that stubborn old man kind of like, I'm going to do what I want. I don't really care for the betterment of the team. I'm going to make all these decisions, even if even if they're bad, because I'm making them. It, it, that's all that matters. And that's what I've seen. That's a disturbing trend I've been seeing for the last few years with him. And I agree with you. Yes, have they made some good picks? Yes, but overall, if you just want to get into overall, like let's just go off the last. I'm not even going to go back to the Super Bowl. Let's just go back off the last ten years. This and this, I'm not even going back to the early 2000s. I'm talking about like from 2010 to now. I mean, dude, we've made the playoffs what maybe two or three times. They've been like you said, mediocre, eight and eight at best. You know what I mean? Or they're one and done in the playoffs. They're always a disappointment. And like you said, with all the glamorous and the in the in the in the the glam and bust and, and bluster they have, it's like, yeah, it doesn't. We don't do anything. We haven't been to an NFC Championship game in what twenty five years, let alone the Super Bowl. We can't even get to the NFC Championship game. That should tell you everything you need to know right there. So it's like I'm just getting tired and sick every season. Just it's the same thing. And like I said, it starts with Jerry Jones at the top. You just know as long as this guy's alive, this is where we're gonna be at. I'll tell you what, though, I definitely fell. I, I definitely was on the Cowboys bandwagon the beginning of the season. As you guys both know, I did pre- predict them to be the one seed. Now, I do have a reason why I predicted that, though. Okay, I know the defense wasn't like the strong suit of the team this year, but I thought the offense was so strong. And you guys you guys know this. Like, every couple of years, the Cowboys will have that really good year. Like, Dak's rookie year, they went 13-3. and three. The second year, they would have been they would have went to the playoffs as well if, if uh, Zeke didn't get suspended those six games. I think they went 9-7, and seven, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. The year after that, they went 10-6, and six, had a really good outing against the Rams in the playoffs. So, I, I felt okay. I felt comfortable making the prediction of them being a really, like, a 12, you know, 11-12 win team. Um... And the thing is, obviously, once Dak got hurt, the season was over. And I, I, I expected a little bit more out of Andy Dalton as a backup. And Hermes, you, you, you told me like I'm not feeling it. I don't think he's going to be that good. And you were right. I was like, I was a little surprised by that. I thought we would see a little bit more out of him. Uh, but man, I just didn't expect the defense to be this bad. 
They're um, pathetic. They're atrocious. They're, they're embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing watching them. No, it's really it's embarrassing. It's not even, yeah because like you have it's, it's not even funny. It's not even fun. It's not even like to make fun or try to joke here. Like they're literally embarrassing. Like I I think I can I think you me and Hermes can go out there and put better effort and it's, and really defense is all about effort. They put no effort out there. Zero. Like, like just, I'll never just, forget. Yeah, I was watching that Browns game because I watched pretty much the the entirety of that game because I was rooting for y'all, of course. And, like, I see that Odell play, that reverse that he had. And I'm just like, it doesn't even seem like the dudes are running that hard to try to get this dude down. It's like, what is going on? With the exception of Alden Smith, that play. But, but, but yeah, no, you know, look, and see, and I listened to your, your show when you guys were making your, uh, your predictions and records. And I, and I, and I told you, I, I thought the Cowboys were a bit too high uh, on your, uh, on your rankings there. And I didn't think that they're going to win the, uh, the NFC. I actually had them you know, finishing fifth or sixth and barely making the playoffs at nine to seven or 10 and six. And That's reason- what I had him too, Hermes. I had him as a wildcard team. It's exactly the reason why I had him like that. Cause I know you talked about how strong they were in terms of offense, but I disagreed because, you know, I, I knew that the, we had one, we had Travis Frederick, our center that retired um, because he had uh, he had that disease that he had um, that, that affected his play. Um, and then you had uh, Tyrone Smith, who's always, he's been hurt every year for the past three or four years. Um, and then uh, we had Lyle Collins that was kind of shaky, and then he ended up having hip surgery and going down. So I knew our offensive line wasn't a strength. And then in addition to that, Ezekiel Elliott. I saw, I saw some glimmers of him starting to slow down a little bit last year. And, and, uh, and I knew if we were going to entrust our, our faith in him, I didn't, I didn't necessarily see it. Um, and I don't, and although I think Paul is really good back, I didn't see us, uh, you know, diverting from um, Zeke and giving it to Pollard. Um, and so, yeah, you can go ahead and give Dak the ball and let him throw and, you know, all that good stuff. And that's great. He's putting up all those nice, nice, uh, you know, fancy stats and, you know, but it's, it's really no substance behind it. Um, right, right. You know, at the end of the day, it needs, it needed balance. And this team just doesn't have balance. Um, they're too top heavy. We have too many wide receivers. Um, you know, you, you go and draft C.D. Lamb, but you have Gallup, who's probably your best receiver. I think he's better than Cooper. So he has one year left on his deal after this year. You should have you should have drafted instead of drafting C.D. Lamb. You should have drafted a defensive end or safety, uh, re up um, Gallup. And honestly, I might have let Amari um, I might have I might have let Amari Cooper walk in free agency instead of paying him as much as much as um, they did. You know, even that other receiver you guys have, he he shows he shows some flash. I think it's Cedric Wilson Jr. Yes. I believe, and he's been, well. They just started hurt. playing him this year. And now he's, he's been on the mm-hmm. team for like four or five years. They just started yeah. playing him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they just started playing him. But and then that's another thing. I don't, you know, as much as like we want to give credit for the Cowboys drafting, I don't think they really see talent until it's too late. Like they've done this before, like. They they wait for guys like I mean you know I, I guess you want to say they develop guys and then in their last year of their contract or they they finally figure out like oh wow this guy can play then they go to another team and ball out you know what I mean so yeah I'm, I'm, that's another thing with the Cowboys they don't they don't recognize talent right away it takes them like forever like Cedric Wilson's been on the team for four or five years why is he now just playing you know I don't I don't understand I don't get that. You know well, I mean? gotta ask you. I gotta ask you guys because it seems like Cowboy Nation is very split on this, and I really don't know what you guys think about this. But McCarthy, one and done, or should he come back and get another opportunity? 
I'll let I'll let Hermes go first. Uh, so two weeks ago, I said uh, he, I, <laughs> it's an every week thing. It changes <laughs> <laughs> every quarter. <laughs> so, so two weeks ago, I said he's he should be one and done. But in all fairness, as much as I hate saying this, I can't give a coach one season and a season where everything was shortened due to the pandemic. I can't get, I, I can't, I, it won't sit well with me if I were just given one season to implement his culture, his style, his team. Um, now he needs to fire Mike Nolan's ass. Uh, he needs to get rid of Joe Philman uh, just because I don't like him. Um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he needs, he, he needs, he needs to reorganize his staff a bit. But uh, yeah, for sure. But, for sure. You know, um, do I have my doubts? Yes, but in all fairness, you 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 can't you can't be one and done um, in in a year like in a year like twenty twenty with everything going on. Um, I would say give him another year, um, and then go from there. Look, the guy's been doing it for a long time. He can't be terrible. At worst, he has to be a mediocre coach. He can't he yeah. can't be any worse than uh, um, what was the Cleveland Brown coach last year? What was his name? Oh, Kitchens. Yeah, he can't even work. Kitchens. So, I mean, come on. He's a Super Bowl winning coach. I would say, I would say, give him another year. If, and, and if, uh, we, you know, we experience the same results or we feel like we're just not cutting or we're seeing the last, you know, what we saw what him do in the last few years in Green Bay, I, I would say we just cut our losses and try to see if we can pull one of these um, Big 12 coaches. Or, okay. Hey, what do you think, D? One and done. And let me tell you why. <laughs> He's a one and done because you know what? I even have to admit to myself, and a lot of Cowboy fans, and I hate to say Hermes, you have to admit to yourself, it was a bad hire. You know, sometimes we we need to look at ourselves in the mirror and sometimes to say, you know, we made a mistake. I thought he was the right hire, but he wasn't. And I'm going to tell you why. There was a reason why this guy was out of football for a year. He comes back into the league. You know, this league is more analytical now, more – you know, obviously, he, he's supposed to know offense, but he's a dinosaur. The offense that he runs, they were running like 10 years ago in Green Bay when they won the championship. That was great, but it's kind of passed him by. And the reason why he had issues ending in Green Bay is because he couldn't adapt to today's game. And I think he's having that same issue now. So I just think it was a bad hire. I think we all have to admit to ourselves as Cowboy fans, even most of all, Jerry Jones has to admit to himself that he made a mistake and it was a bad hire. And we need to move on. I don't think it's going to get any better. I Look, I, I understand he didn't have the time because of COVID. But here's the thing. A lot of these other teams didn't have time because of COVID. And look at them. They're, you know, we can't be making excuses here. Like, every team had their issues. Everybody had, you know, the COVID situation going on. And why are they doing well? And he's, he's just doing so horrible. Not only that, though, it's like he's already lost the locker room, I feel like, because – I mean, come on, in week six, there were reports of players already with anarchy, with players calling him out saying he doesn't know what he's doing. He's clueless. He's, you know, he's not, he doesn't make adjustments. This is like Garrett, but like worse than Garrett. And I just don't see how he can now from this year then say, okay, I'm going to be better next year, even, even if that comes back. I just, I just don't see it. I just think it was a bad hire. 
and we all need to admit to ourselves that look, we need to move on. They should have hired somebody like an Eric Benemy or a, a, a younger coach or somebody that's just with today's game. The guy was out of the out of the game for a year, and when he came back, he tries to be on analytical. First of all, you hear him in these press conferences trying to use all this analytical jargon. That's <laughs> not Mike McCarthy. That's not him. Yeah. You already tell he's faking it. It's like. He's trying to be with – he's like that dad or uncle that wants to be hip, you know what I mean, that listens to rap music and is like, oh, yeah, you know, y'all listening to, to Drake? And it's like, yeah, we've been listening to him for five years. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like he's like that dude. He's like that uncle or dad that thinks he's hip or he's with the times, and he's not. And we just have to admit that to ourselves. Like Sometimes, guys, the game passes them by, or they're better coordinators than coaches. And Mike McCarthy might be one of those guys where the game has passed them by, or he may be a good coordinator for somebody, but not for us, but somebody, you know, some other team. But I just I just yeah. think he's one I think he should be one and done. I think they need to move on and hire somebody either younger or who's with more of today's game that knows, you know, the 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 climate, what's going on, who who really is into analytics, not this fakeness that he's doing coming up to press conferences, trying to use all this like jargon and like, dude, that's not you. You know what I mean? So I think he's one and done. Yeah. So the problem with the Cowboys and being a coach there is, unfortunately, Jerry Jones seems to hire people that don't have super strong personalities. Because look what happens. Look what happened back in the 90s when he had a a Jimmy Johnson who was very successful. Um, The short parcels in in the early 2000s. Too strong of a personality. I think, you know, he's going to want guys in there that he can kind of you can dictate what they do or like the decision. Like he wants to be in front of the camera. He doesn't want his coach to have that big personality and steal from him. I really believe that. So, like, it's going to be hard to get you know, one of the young up and coming, maybe you can get a young coach in there because they're going to be looking for their first opportunity and the Cowboys is such a big one. But when it comes to, you know, a hot coordinator like the enemy, the enemy is going to have his shot. And I really believe he'll have his shot at any opening he wants. Do you want to go to Dallas where you know that the owner is always kind of looming over everything you do? Or do you want to go to an organization I don't want to. I don't want to say the Jets. That's probably not a good one either. But um, or even like the Jags if they get rid of their coach. But I just, I just would rather go to a team where they're gonna they let the coaches coach. That's one thing I love about the Steelers. Do you? How often do you see the Roonies? You don't see them. They're in the press. Hermes said it earlier. Be in the press box. I don't need you in front of the camera. The only time Rooney was in front of the camera is when AB was acting like a lunatic when he had to come out and say like, "Yo, we're." We're gonna part ways with this guy. Like we 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 we've kind of we we've run out of solutions here. So can't have cats in the field with fur jackets. I get it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> That's what it's gonna take for him to speak to the to to um to reporters. Like something really bad is going on. Besides that, you don't hear from him. And that's just not Jerry. That's not Jerry Jones's mo. Like you're gonna always. He's always gonna be in front of the camera. Like what? A, there might be other owners in the league that have radio shows. I believe maybe even like a Arthur Blank does. But Arthur Blake is, is is a very standoffish. When I say standoffish, I mean he lets his coaches do their thing, and we know he's very patient. You know, like he he and he's okay with big personalities being the the coach too. So, um, I don't know, man. I just feel like so what, so I do your, think so I do think McCarthy should get. Yeah, I do think McCarthy should get one more year. I agree with what Herm said. Like this was a very strange year, and even though everybody's on the same playing field. Um, I just always think somebody should get more than a season to kind of implement their system and what they want to do. I agree. And I, Darian, and, and I agree with, I agree with everything you said. I think he did lose the locker room. Um, I, there's, there's something off, uh, about this. And 
but you know, and here's here's a juxtaposition where I agree with both of you guys because I I think he did lose a locker uh, locker room, but at the same time, Quab, you made a great point. It, can you really be a coach um, in Dallas? So it's just like you know, it's you know, it's kind of like me and my it's, you know, it's kind of like me and my kids, and 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 my wife is is so if I have the kids come up to me and uh, come up to mom and say, mom, can I have a piece of candy? And she says no, but then they know if they go to dad and say, dad, can I have a piece of candy? I say yes. Well, <laughs> well, really, how great is mom's authority when dad's around? If uh, that's a good point. Know, yeah. How great is uh, mom's authority when dad's around? And it's similar to these players in Jerry Jones. These guys have a, a Jerry has an open door policy where these guys uh, make their way to Jerry, and he makes himself very, very available. And so, especially you have players like, look how close Des Bryant, Des, Jerry called Des Bryant his son, you know, um, look how, him and, how close him and Witten were. So when you have that and you're Mike McCarthy and you're coming in, so you have players that already have establishment, established relationships within the organization already. And you have Mike McCarthy, a newbie, regardless of um, him being the coach and who his staff is, he's kind of an outsider. Um, and so, it's mm-hmm. hard when you have a Jerry there. And so that's why I, I, I feel like I agree with you, Darren, where he, I feel like he is a wrong, um, a bad fit. But at the same time, we got to give him another year, like, like, like Quab is saying, because we just don't know who he is because you have Jerry there, and, and, you know, in front of the camera. So, Well, here's why I disagree with both of you. Here's, <laughs> here's one thing why I, I disagree with both of you. One, Hermes, you just said, you just said one of the points I said earlier. He lost the locker room after six games. Just let that sink in for a minute. You're in your first year. Now, most coaches lose the locker room like in the second, third year, right, when they just keep losing and they know the players maybe have tried to buy in the first year and they're like, okay, let's get this guy a chance. You know what I mean? Let him, you know, get a system in. And, you know, they'll, they'll let it, you know, kind of go. It's like, all right, here's his first year. You know, we're, we're an up-and-coming team. We're trying to improve. Um but see, here's the thing about the Cowboys, too. People have to realize, and us as Cowboys fans have to realize, Jerry Jones is not ever in rebuild. We're not a rebuilding a franchise. He's a win-now guy. So if a guy, a coach, comes in in his first year and has lost the team after six games in his first year, it's over. It's a wrap. It's done. It's done. It's, not, it's no way you can put this guy in his second year and play him like, okay, yeah, we'll give him another chance. No, it doesn't work that way. If any, all of us have played team sports here. When when players and they're not buying into the system, it's over. It's a wrap. They when when Wade Phillips lost his job, and I think it was the second or third year, the players obviously tuned him out, and they started pretty much same thing what they're doing to Mike McCarthy. He lost the locker room. Jerry fired him, and this is what you have to do here. Once you lose the locker room, there's really no going back. There's been no coach who's lost the locker room and then said, you know what, I can, I can get it back, and they've kept their mm-hmm. job. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. That's not how professional team sports works. If the guys are not buying into your system, that's it. It's over. You made a mistake. Move on. You have to go with somebody else. Now, what I will agree with both of you is that, again, right, it starts with Jerry. It starts at the top. And right, Jerry has made it difficult for a lot of coaches to come in there because of the open-door policy and he wants to be in front of the camera. He wants to be the guy. He wants to be bigger than the players and the coach. He's made this this environment, this atmosphere, what it is, and why it's been so difficult for them to have a w- winning seasons there or successful seasons there. So, yes, that's why I keep bringing up the Al Davis comparison. He is turning into 
the Al Davis of of you know of our time here. He's he's the new Al Davis, and uh, I'll go back to what I said. It may sound harsh. Until he dies, <laughs> nothing's gonna change. No, it's, it's, no, it's, it's, no, it's not that it may sound harsh. I mean, <laughs> harsh as it gets. All right, but guys, now we've obviously been talking about the Cowboys a lot. They play a uh, certain undefeated team this weekend, and I wanted to get your guys' pre- score predictions on that game. First of all, Herm, I was asking Darian this earlier. Who's starting at quarterback for the Cowboys on Sunday? I thought they were going to try to get Aikman and Romo at our retirement. To <laughs> 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 be honest. Um, uh, God, so it's not he, – He hasn't named one. It's between Garrett Gilbert, who the hell is that, and Cooper Rush. <laughs> Who was on the practice squad? Yeah, yeah. So he, he has a name. Cooper Rush. We're, I we're think Cooper on Rush. He's gonna start. Should I be nervous as a Steelers fan or what? No, none whatsoever. You have no no issue to worry about. Yeah, I'd be I'd be worried about our defense. That's for sure. Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I do I do expect the Steelers to win. I was thinking maybe of like a like a thirty three to seventeen kind of score. I don't know what you guys' score prediction would be for that. You're forty yeah, three. You're, you're being very nice. I have thirty one to three. <laughs> 30, for the, they wouldn't even score. Wow. See, I, see, my whole thing was like I always believe there's always like garbage time touchdowns. You know, like not every week because I know like when you guys played Washington, like they they you guys only scored three, but. I don't know. I'm always like, there's always that egg that one. Watch, watch the Cowboys mess around and win. I'm saying, I'm no, no, no. First of all, quab, quab. First of all, let me put your <laughs> mind at ease. Let me, let me ha- have something sink into you. The Cowboys, the Cowboys have scored 12 points in the last two weeks. That's an average of six points a game. Yeah, where the hell bully, is they? Bully, I've heard they Where are the touchdowns one, coming from? I've where are the touchdowns coming from? One touchdown since that got hurt. Yes, exactly. Man. There you go. Let that sink in. And you think there's going to be garbage time touchdowns? They're losing forty to three. <laughs> Herb, you had a similar score. <laughs> yeah, I had thirty-one to three, but I might, I might have to go with Darian and say like maybe like a thirty-eight to three. Um, yeah, because oh, yeah, you think about it. Yeah, not only that, one, the Steelers are going to want to show out because um, it's going to be, it's going to be, um, it's going to be in Dallas, and and exactly. last. A lot of people are also saying trap game for the Steelers, so they keep hearing trap game, trap yeah, game. Yeah, I think it's in Dallas, one. Two, um, you know, the Cowboys are on what? National TV audience. Yeah, the Cowboys are on what, 25,000 fans? I can guarantee you at least 40% of those fans are going to be Steeler fans because you guys have a huge following uh, no matter where, where the game is at. Um, so you also have that factor. And then, you know, it's uh, I think the Cowboys won the last, uh, last two uh, games uh, – you know, one in 2016 and 2012. Um, so, so I think the Steelers are going are, are going to want to uh, get this one back. So I just I just don't see. It. And then most importantly, we don't have a we don't have a QB. Like like let's not even trap game. That's let's let's not even entertain it. Is you guys can be eight and zero. The game will be over by um by the uh, end of the first quarter. And <laughs> yes, I not even the first half, maybe, first quarter, maybe middle of the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So I had I had to get y'all predictions really quick. But while we're on the topic, of course, like I mentioned earlier, we're we're giving you our little mid-season review. I know we stuck on the Cowboys for a while, but it's the Cowboys, man. We regardless of what's going on at the Cowboys good or bad, people love hearing about the Cowboys. But I want to get to some of your guys' other 
um, awards or however you want, however you want to put it for the midseason points so far. So Hermes, I want you to give me your most surprising team so far. Like, oh wow, this team is. I didn't think they'd be that good, and they're kind of balling. Who you got? Okay. So you, you, you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna laugh at me, but I'm gonna say the Bengals. Uh, oh, that's not I, bad. That's I. I, know, what okay, is, okay. I can see I, why I, you're saying that. Yeah, I know, for sure. What are, they, what are they? Two, five, and one. So I know they're they're two, five, and one. But if you think about it. Aside from that thrashing that they got from the Ravens in uh, week five, they have every single one of their losses has been a one score loss. It's been six points or less. They, you know, they, they tie with the Eagles, which at this point is not saying a whole lot. Um, but they beat, the, they beat a very, very good Titans team. Um, they are tough. They don't have a lot of players that these big name players but they are a tough out. They come to play every week. I thought this team, regardless of uh, Joe Burrows um, being inserted um, in there, I thought this team uh, was still going to struggle and it was still going to allow them to have a, you know, a, a, a top three pick. It was going to be able to add to, you know, to the team and help Burrows out in, in the future. But this team can play, and uh, they are they are definitely a team. I'm not saying they can beat anybody, but they can compete with any and everybody. That was a really good one. Really good. He threw me off with that one because, yeah, I've noticed that, man. They're in a lot of one-score games, and that team should not – that team should be awful. Like, they have a terrible offensive line. They have a good run. Like, Joe Mixon's pretty good. Joe Burrow looks – like, he could be special, man. He looks really, really good. But that's a good one. That's a good one. Who you got, uh, Darian? I got the Arizona Cardinals. I know I mentioned them in the preseason when we were making our preseason pick. as That could be a surprise team. But I've been – they've been the surprise team, and I've been very impressed. I mean, look, I was never big on uh, Cliff Kingsbury as a coach last year. I thought that was a bad hire by them, but he's proving me wrong. And Kyle Murray's is getting better and better each game. You look at him from year one to year two. I mean, he's the real deal. I thought he would probably be a little too small for this league. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's also proving me wrong. And I thought it was obviously, make, if not the best pickup, one of the best pickups in the offseason, getting, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, a top three receiver. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you look on the, on the defensive side, they arguably probably have the base, best safety in the league in, in, in Buda Baker. I mean, this you guy like Buda, You like Buda for a while, too. You talk- oh, yeah. I've been, on, yeah. I've been on the Buda train for a while. And, um I mean, every game this guy makes plays, whether it's interceptions, sacks, you know, creating fumbles. He's all over the place. He reminds me a lot. I mean, I'm not saying he is, but Kwabi reminds me a lot of Palomalu. Like, he's just all over the place. And, um, yeah, man, I think – I mean, right now, I would say he's the best safety in the league. So, when I look at both sides of the ball, this team is just heading in the right direction. That game against Seattle, I think, either last week or a couple weeks ago, showed me a lot. And that's when I was like, you know what? They're they're for real, Um, you know. Beating Seattle, I know, I know it was in Arizona, but beating Seattle, what I think is, you know, arguably one uh, top three team in the league. Um, yeah, I, like I said, the Arizona Cardinals, man, they definitely have been the surprise team to me of, of the NFL. Okay, those are both good. You know who I got? I got the Miami Dolphins. Like, dude, the Dolphins. I said, I love like that. That's, that's a. Oh, dude, the, the Dolphins defense. I, I don't think anybody's noticing how good their defense is. Like they're they're not only are they opportunistic, but they just like even just points per game allowed. Like they just don't let you score. And Xavier Howard is or Darian. You were talking about uh, defensive backs earlier with Buda Baker. 
Xavier Howard is definitely one of the more underrated defensive players in the league. I don't think a lot of people know he leads the league in interceptions right now. Um, they just have so many playmakers on that defense, and they're really well coached. Man, I really like what Brian Flores, like the culture he's inserting with the Dolphins, because we look at the Dolphins every year, and we kind of look at them as a joke. You know, like, they're the Dolphins. They're going to be bad. But this is a right, team that has right. a really good shot of, of making the playoffs and being a really dangerous team, you know. And you look at um, their defensive end, Emmanuel Ogba, has six sacks. So they have so many playmakers on that defense. And I don't know what – Tua's going to really do like they were very conservative with their offense last week I mean I think he threw for under 100 yards um so I don't really know what to expect out of Tua I don't even know if I how what I think about Tua in the future like I, I don't know like sometimes that you have a gut feeling about somebody like oh yeah that kid's gonna be good I, I don't know about him I'm like in the middle like he seems a little too small um he gets obviously he gets nicked up a lot he's had some major injuries already you know at a young age so I'm a little concerned about his durability but this is a really dangerous squad that I think could make a run at a wild card spot yeah. for sure. Heck, even at the division, make a run at the division because the Bills have haven't looked. They look they've looked off the last few weeks, and their defense hasn't been playing well either. So I, I keep an eye on those Dolphins. Yeah, sure. not, yeah, yeah. No I think I think with the Cardinals with um, uh, with their head coach and Brian Flores and and um, I mean uh, Cliff Kingsbury with the Arizona Cardinals and Brian Flores with the Dolphins. Those are two really well coached teams, and yeah, those those are. Yeah, those teams they're they're coming. I don't I think the Cardinals they may yeah. need one more season. And I think the Dolphins right now they're probably experimenting with Tua right now because you remember they got a top five pick uh from the All right, who, right. who knows? They might try to go go and get Trevor Lawrence. But uh, but yeah, those are those are two good teams there. Yeah, no doubt. So uh Hermes with that next up, who is your more who's your most disappointing team? Team you got hyped up. And they're just they're just kind of trash. Who <laughs> you got? Then don't say the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> unless, you want to, unless you want to, unless you want so, to. So I would say, I would say the Chargers. I would say um, uh, I guess the Chargers because yeah, you know they're two and five now. I think they they probably gonna be called the Heartbreak Chargers um, because they they find every way to lose a game. Uh, it's, it's insane. It's, 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 it's crazy. Insane. So if you look at their their you know their points first versus uh points first versus uh points um allowed, it's a minus six. So that tells you they're in. They don't get blown out. They're in every single game. Um, you know, regardless um of who's at quarterback, you know, um, is it, this this team has had talent and this team's had talent for the last two seasons, and so. You know, you, you look at the squad and you say, uh, I mean, you know, you look at, you know, I know, I know, uh, Derwin James, um, he, you know, he went out at the top of the top of the season, and I know Boza has kind of been in and out of the lineup, but they still have a ton of talent. Whether you talk about um, skill players, whether you're talking about, um, you know, defensive ends, um, and I, I forget the safety they just drafted um, uh, this year, but he's really talented as well. But, you know, you just thought this team was really going to be able to compete with the Raiders and the Chiefs, in which they can, but they just haven't – it just hasn't come to fruition. And so I'm not exactly sure what it is, and I hope it's not Anthony Lynn, and I hope the Chargers are not making – thinking about making a coaching change because I I do like them. But at some point, I think it becomes more frustrating to lose some of these close games where you have a lead as opposed to just lose – 
And so those are something that, you know, the GM and uh, owner are probably going to start considering if this continues to happen. Man, you know, they're so bad at keeping leads that I think even the Falcons are like, man, how'd they lose that? (laughs) It's that bad. They've had four games, four games this year where they've had a lead of at least 17 points or more, and they've lost each of those games. Now, as much as I want Anthony Lynn to stick around, Nick, we know there aren't enough black coaches in the league already. It's just like, yo, you can't keep losing those games. And they've had leads against really good teams. I mean, they had a 17, they had a 20 to three lead on the Saints. Remember what they were doing against Tampa, who's arguably the best team, you know, one of the best teams in the league, arguably the best in the NFC. They had a 24-7 lead on Tampa at one point, and they lost all of these games. They had a a, bit, a, a nice lead on uh, on Denver just on this last Sunday. They lost that game. It's like you can't keep losing these games, yeah. Yeah. you know? So, yeah, it's definitely concerning. But that was a good one. Who you got, D? Uh, the team you just mentioned, the other team you just mentioned, the the Atlanta Falcons. Ah. And I, I look, look, obviously we can sit here and joke about them with, you know, how they've lost leads going back to the Super Bowl with the Patriots. But when you look at this team, and the reason why this is the point, when you look at this team, especially on the offensive side, it, it's just mind-boggling to me how bad they are. I mean, you arguably have one of the best receiving duos in the league. You have a, to me, still still arguably a top five running back. Matt Ryan's pretty much been a, you know, solid QB for most of his career, if you want to even say just good QB for most of his career. And they just are finding ways to lose. The way they lost to us, to the Cowboys, I mean, that was just insane. Like, I, I still don't know how we won that game. But thanks to the boneheaded, I don't know who the hell is their special teams coach or what they were doing, but they're just finding ways to either blow blow games or just flat out lose. It, it, it's just mind-boggling to me. And I don't know if it's a psychological thing or it's just – you know, obviously they did get rid of Dan Quinn in the middle of the season, but they're still doing it now. So it's like, okay, like I understand, like yeah, Dan Quinn wasn't getting it done, but it's still happening even after Dan Quinn is there. And I'm not saying Raheem Morris is a is a replacement, but I mean, this is just this is year after year with them. Like they have the talent. Now you can say what you want about their defense that their defense has really never been that great. It hasn't. But that offense, when you look at from top to bottom, I mean, they arguably have the best receiver in the league. Uh, like I said, they have a good quarterback. They have a great second receiver. They have, like I said, arguably a top five running back. And you're like, how is this team just losing the way they're losing? I, I really don't get it. I don't understand. And I'm just starting to think it's more psychological than it's just execution of the players because I, it's, it's just, I mean, I don't I don't ever want to be superstitious saying they're cursed, but ever since that New England, you know, when they lost New England in the Super Bowl, they have just not been the same. They've been pretty much doing what they've d- done, what they did in that uh, in in that Super Bowl, and it's just, I I mean, being a Falcons fan, it must be. I mean, I know it's frustrating being a Cowboys fan, but Jesus, being a Falcons fan, I I, I know it must be painful. Yeah, I didn't have super high expectations for them for a lot of the things you just said. I I just to me they just they just haven't been the same since that Super Bowl. I thought that division was too tough. Um, they still don't wow me defensively. They got a couple of good, you know, Deion Jones. They got a couple good players on there, but they just, they just can't really seem to put it together. I know I didn't trust Dan Quinn and we, you know, we talked about teams blowing leads with the chargers, the, 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 the Falcons, that's their specialty. You know, they're always giving up leads. Right. Right. 
Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too big on them to start with, but I mean, like you said, they got a boatload of talent, especially offensively. So I, I definitely understand why you went with them. I had to go with the Vikings. I, I had big expectations for the Vikings. I thought about them you know. too. I thought that yeah. was, they were my they were my yeah. Yeah, as erratic as as cousins can be at times, because we know cousins, he can be really good or he can be really really bad. But well, I'm not a cousins guy, so that's why I didn't have them on there. So yeah, I've well, well but I, I know that at the beginning of the season, we at least both liked them to be a playoff team. Dude, they're two and six. Yes, they're two I did. five. Yeah, whatever the record is. But Dalvin Cook is special. I think we can look at look at them and and, and tell that's the case. But you know, it, it's it's a weird situation where they just still don't seem to trust cousins. Like. They just don't trust him with the with the game on the line or just when they're behind. And that's a problem. If you're paying your quarterback that much and you don't trust him with the game on the line, I don't know. So they got to they're gonna have to figure out what to do because they're really well coached. They got, you know, they still have Adam Thielen. I really like uh the the receiver, uh, J- uh I believe it's Justin Jefferson, rookie receiver, looks really good. Um, what's the problem? They got a solid old line, they just can't put it together. I don't that that Green Bay game on last weekend was strange. I, I did not expect them to win that game. But um, they've been super disappointing. I, th- I I thought they would definitely win that division, and I don't think that's going to happen at this point. So, no. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll stick on the disappointment topic. Herm, who's your most disappointing player? Just the dude you really expected to have a big year and just di- isn't getting it done right now. So I don't know if I expected him to have a a big year, but I expected him to have a better year, and that's Baker Mayfield. Mm, yeah, so that's a good one. Baker Mainfield, you know, and let's just be honest. This team is not winning because of him. They're winning in spite of him. Um, Absolutely. Mm, yeah, you, I think you know, I agree with you on that. Look at a lot of their playmakers, they have a ton. Obviously, Odell just went out. Um, but, you know, they have Jarvis Landry. Uh, they have uh, multiple uh, running backs um, that could be starters on any other team. Um, you know, they're, they're, they finally fortified their offensive line. And then, you know, they have their defense has first round picks on, 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 on each group, whether it be defensive line, linebacker, and then within, within your secondary. And you can kind of see that the coaches and their game plan, they kind of design around Baker's inefficiencies. I mean, if, if, if anything, it was more so glaring um, during that Cowboy game uh, when it was a crucial third down or uh, second or third down play. And instead of, you know, you know, dropping back and passing it, no, they do an end around and get an Odell. Now, granted, he goes for first down and plus more in a touchdown. Um, but that just goes to show you. And in addition to that, what else happened? He had Jarvis Landry throw a touchdown to Odo Beckham. So, you know, you could say part of that's good coaching and good offensive scheme and gadget plays and all that. But, you know, a lot of times you don't do those things when you have a quarterback that you actually trust. His, his accuracy is not there. His confidence within the pocket's not there. He, he thinks he's a lot more. Um, he thinks he's a lot more athletic than what he is. And hundred percent, he tries to run around. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You're right? not that and, athletic. And for his, <laughs> and for and for his um, size, you would think he would be more athletic, but but he's not. Um, and so I don't know if he's trying to compensate um, um, for 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 a couple of things, but he's just off. Um, and then in addition to that, he just doesn't have 
the mental awareness that I, uh, that it takes to be a, a good quarterback um, and whether that be on or off the field. So um, I, I've, uh, I'm selling all my stock in Baker. Uh, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's that guy. <laughs> Um, I think that uh, I think that he's going to be become a free agent. I think his time in Buffalo, um, his time in uh, Cleveland might be up here pretty soon. Oh man, yeah, I th- yeah, I totally agree with everything he said on that with Baker. Yeah, with Baker too. Shows too. Yeah, and I, I don't know if he does anything particularly well. Like you know, there's there's you know, you look at somebody like Josh Allen, like you know, he'll he'll get a little turnover prone at times. His his accuracy can be a bit off, especially when he's throwing downfield. But he has a huge arm. Like he has, he has something that he's great at. What is Baker great at? His awareness is not great. He has an okay arm. He's not as athletic as you think he would be. He just doesn't do any. His, his leadership skills are. I, they, I think they they're like, him. like he they tries. Like, to I don't act know like, why, but he tries to act not like great. He, <laughs> he tries to act like no a leader, but I don't think people really follow him like that. So, right, I agree. Yeah, he just doesn't do anything well to me. He's just either right. A or just not good. So, yeah, I, I, right. that's a good one. Well, you got Herm, uh, Darian. I'm sorry. I got to go with Carson Wentz. Oh, that's, thank you. that's who I was going to touchdown. Please elaborate and break it down for Quab because Quab, thank you. Yes, I'm going well, Herm, I, I, that was I'm mine too, though. To. I'm a, all right, let's, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so he has 12 touchdowns and 12 picks. He's on pace to have. 24 touchdowns and 24 picks. Now, let me just say this. And me and Quab have talked about this. Obviously, Quab lives in in the Philly area. I'm tired of hearing the excuses when it comes to Carson Wentz. That he doesn't have receivers. Herm is loving this right now. Herm is taking the whole show right here. His receivers receivers are always hurt. I am tired of hearing that. Quab made a good point in a couple of podcasts ago when he said, look, Philly knew what they were before the season was going in. You knew what you were getting. So I'm tired of hearing these excuses that, well, he has no receivers. His receivers are always hurt. We knew this. We knew this going. We knew this from last year. If you're that guy, if you're the guy that everybody says you are, or you're that guy that everybody remember you with the MVP, the MVP, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, you know, three years ago, then you get you find a way to get it done especially in this division this year with the NFC lease and how bad everybody is. Okay, so let me just give you some perspective on Carson Wentz. In the game against the Cowboys, I did not watch it. I did not see it. But I did hear he threw two picks to our defense, to the a Cowboy defense that is last in the league. He threw Four two turnovers. interceptions. And they weren't like t- – mm. right. And they weren't, they weren't interceptions I heard that were like, you know, oh, it was tipped. Or it was the receiver's fault. No, they were right to the dude. And not only did he throw two picks, he threw it to our rookie, Trayvon Diggs, who's been getting burnt all season. So I'm thinking, saying to myself, okay, Carson Wentz is what, now in his fifth year, and it's like he's regressing. He's not getting any better. He's actually getting worse. And if I'm a Philly fan right now, I'm very concerned because you paid this guy all this money, you know, obviously, you're going off that season when he had 33 touchdowns, seven picks. You got to the Super Bowl. Remember, but Foles won it. He didn't win it. He hasn't won a playoff game in his whole career yet. And you're seeing this guy, and he's on pace to have a Jameis Winston kind of season. I'm very kind of concerned right now if I'm a Philly fan. And, you know, look, we can also point to Doug Peterson and how he's been coaching and his adjustments. But we got to stop making excuses 
that Carson Wentz has no receivers and his receivers are always hurt. And this is the, this is the reason why he's been playing this way. Again, we've known this going into the season. He was working with the receivers he had last season. It's the same this season. So what, what's the excuse now? What, that we're going to keep saying every year, oh, he has no receivers. He's, uh, you know, his, rece- his, his top receivers are always hurt. No, at some point you have to look yourself in the mirror. You have to look at the, the, the quarterback and say, yeah, you're the problem. You're, you're just not getting it done. I'm sorry. You're not getting it done. And especially in a, in a year, like I said, with, with the division being so bad, the division's still up for grabs. And I know they're three, four, and one, and they right, I guess they're probably going to win the division, but that's not saying a lot. And you're, again, when your quarterback threw two picks to the worst defense <laughs> in NFL history, that's definitely not a good sign. I mean, he should have had three, four touchdowns, a five touchdown game. I mean, he had what, two touchdowns, two picks? And eh. I mean, is that, I mean, against the worst defense in the league? Is that is that is that giving you any confidence right now if you're a Philly fan? Yeah, I'm sorry. By far, it's Carson Wentz who's the most disappointing player in, in the league right now. I mean, Herm, uh, you're probably wondering, like, man, that it's almost like Darian just dropped he, ether, he, and I'm he, trying to think he, of my he, comeback. He did, he did man. He he, 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 he just dropped the napalm bomb right now. <laughs> hey, listen. Here's the thing. He was also my most disappointing player because of the expectations I have for Wentz. It's like I watch him play and I'm like, man, I like I, I, I can't keep saying I see potential like you're in your fifth season. Like I don't need there's no more seeing upside like the up, I need to see it like I need to see what you are. I don't really know what's going on. He's, he's obviously regressed and it's concerning because the reason I, I'm a big Wentz guy is is is. Last season, I know he he was a little erratic at times, but what I saw last season with the with how decimated that roster was, I was impressed, especially when the Cowboys had every opportunity to take the NFC East and Carson Wentz and, and said, nah, like we got this. I'm gonna get it done with what I got. But as Darian mentioned, I've said it already. I've said, hey, they kind of went into this season knowing that Alshon Jeffrey was kind of on the shelf. They know that Deshaun Jackson it's not going to be available every game. Um, I don't know what's happened to Zach Ertz. Who knows? I have no idea. But, you know, Dallas Goddard has gotten kind of banged up. But at the end of the day, they still kind of knew what they had. And with that said, I can't really make any excuses for him. I don't understand why he's perform- not performing so bad. You know, like a lot of teams are dealing with injuries right now. And other quarterbacks will still find ways to get it done. Now, I'll still say there's still a good amount of games left. Maybe he can get it figured out. It's not trending that direction. Um, but I think with me and Carson Wentz, I've seen three to four years of, wow, this guy's really good. And I think this year is like an anomaly. Tell, I really do. I think he's I just like having a bad year. What, I think he's having a bad season. I, I, I'd like to challenge you and ask you, what three to four years of that have you seen? Now, you're talking about little bits and pieces within the three or four years? But I have not seen three to four years of consistent play from Carson Wentz where you where it should give you or anybody any level of confidence, with the exception of the third with the year that he, second season. The second yeah. season, yep. yep. He was excellent. And, and look, am I still holding on to that season a little bit? Possibly. <laughs> I'm possibly. I'm possibly still holding on to the 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 um you know the upside and and the the potential that i saw that year um last year 
you look at his numbers, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. His numbers are a lot better than how he actually looked. I think if you look at his numbers, you're like, oh, damn, he balled out. But not really. Um, he, he also had a lot of fumbles. It's just like, ugh. But for me, I still see what he's done with that roster. And I feel like if, if – I just – listen, let me, let me just say this to you guys. Can I see him with a healthy roster, though? Like, when's the last time he had, like, oh, man, he has all his guys? I want to be able to judge him when he has a full squad. Why is that so much to ask for? Why is it so much to ask for to just have your two starting receivers, your running back, and your tight end? Dak has had that. Big Ben has had – like, guys across the league, Brady's had that. All these elite quarterbacks have had that. We haven't seen Winston with that in over a year. That's all I'm asking for. I want to see him with his full squad before I start saying, oh, this guy can't play. That's what I'm saying. But Quab, it's been five years, though. I mean, how? how but he's many been years good. Been you act like he's this. been bad for five years. He's been solid. He's been solid. I, I, I like the right. way you. Yeah, I, like, I was just saying. Like back up a little bit. He's, he's been, been solid. He's been solid. He's been more so solid. Right. So you. Yeah, so you, mean up, the, right. you guys mean to tell me you were not impressed at all with what Wentz did with that roster last year? Not at all. Like he that didn't do no, nothing for. I wasn't. I wasn't how? because I, I. I. Because okay, you can use the cowboy excuse all you want. If you're that dude, if you're the first of all, you're the quarterback. So you're the, that's the most important position on the field. If you're that good, you find a way to get it done. He did. Last I'm sorry. Year, you put a, found a way hold on, hold on, done. hold on. You put a lot of elite, elite quarterbacks in that same position. Put a Russell Wilson. Put him a home. Oh, those guys I'm are not elite. Gonna, I'm not. I'm not saying he's. Those guys are elite. I'm not putting him in the elite. Line. Right. But here's the thing, Quab. They've been saying for years that this guy's supposed to be elite. This great quarterback. They were going off that 33 and seven year and they're saying this guy's going to be in that class. He, maybe we just have to come to realization he's never going to be that that he might just be what you just said. He's going to be a solid quarterback, and maybe that's fine. But let's stop putting him or waiting for him to get to that level of the Mahomes and Russell Wilsons and maybe like the Big Bens. He may never be that, and that's fine. I think just people need to come to that realization, and then especially Eagles fans, that, look, he may never be that guy. And maybe, you know, he hasn't been the same since his injury and when he was the 33-7 and seven year. Maybe that's the reason why. I don't know what's going on. But I just think we have to come to terms and be realistic with ourselves and just be honest with ourselves and say, look, he just may not be that dude. And and stop waiting on, oh, yeah, well, when he gets his full roster, you know, then we'll see. No, he just may not be that guy. I just look at it like this, man. And, and I'm still dating back to last season um, just based off of what I saw him do down the stretch. You know, you look at his you look at his last five, five games last year. He had seven interceptions uh, uh, what nine interceptions and one oh nine tu- excuse nine touchdowns one interception in the last five weeks of the season so he was able to put it together with he, he was able to be the band-aid for that <laughs> offense but, when they didn't really have Bob, a lot going so they I, I'm a lot of injuries that, that a lot of people like to do when measuring Dak. so let's just start off you know let's just start off halfway you said you mentioned you know down the stress so week 11 they lost 10 to 17 is the patriots Week twelve, they lost nine to seventeen against the Seahawks. No, I'm talking about the Eagles. You talking last about the Cowboys right now? Yeah, purpose of the Eagles last. Oh, the Eagles. Week oh, okay. thirteen, okay. they lost thirty-one to thirty-seven to the Dolphins. Week fourteen, they beat the Giants okay. twenty-three to seventeen. And he and he did okay, he play I'll well? Get to that. And then week fifteen, he beat the Redskins thirty-seven and twenty-seven. Week sixteen, he beat the Cowboys seventeen to nine with. A Dak with a Dak that which had was for, which was for problems. the division, um, and then he beat the Giants mm-hmm. again, thirty-four to seventeen. So the teams that were pretty good with 
the um, with the uh, Patriots and Seahawks, he didn't beat, and then a Dolphins team that was that was actually an, an upset. Um, they yeah. beat the Giants. They they beat they don't, they only beat the NFC least. So I, I get what you're saying, but like let's let's look at what he did and against who. Yeah, the quality there. of opponents, right, right. Look, I'm just looking at it like this. We'll, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even an Eagles. It's funny. Sometimes I talk about West like I'm an Eagles fan. I, I, what I saw was a lot of potential, was a lot, and I still see it. But I'm getting to the point, like I said earlier, I'm not going to be able to deny it. I'm not, I'm not defending Wentz just to say like, oh man, I want to be right. I have no problem being like, this is just not that dude, and I can't defend his. He was my most disappointing player on the, uh, that I was going to bring up today. I can't defend how bad he's playing this year. I just can't. Even not just against the Cowboys, but the week before against the Giants, a game they probably should have lost. It's just like, dude, like I, I need to see you put the team on your back, and I'm not seeing that. So I'm very close to just saying, like, yo, I just might be done with this team, <laughs> but not yet. I'm not done. I, I respect yet. it. I respect it. <laughs> man, but Darian, man, Darian brought that heat, man, boy. He brought, he brought, he brought, he brought, <laughs> hey, I'm just listen, listen. We we. We are supposed to give the listeners and the people the truth. You know what I mean? I'm, I, you know, it's it's about credibility. I'm not going to sit up here and lie to them or try to tell them what they want to hear. It's just I'm just spitting facts. It's it, I'm not saying anything that other people haven't said or we haven't discussed in private or what a lot of the analysts or people on TV are saying. They're saying the same exact thing. I'm not saying anything different, and I'm not saying it because I'm a cowboy fan and people want to say oh, I'm a hater. No, I've always respected the Eagles. I've always said that on the show, mm-hmm. and people get on me. I'm like, look, I've always respected the Eagles. When we had Earl on, I said, and you know, who's from Philly, an Eagles fan, I said, dude, I've always respected the Eagles, even though they, you know, they hate us. I've always respected them. But I'm just trying to give y'all the real here. Like, I'm just not seeing what everybody else is seeing, or not seeing what everybody else is seeing, but I'm not seeing what Quab is seeing. I'm just not seeing it. And again, I like, like you said, Quab, five years, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of hearing my potential after five years. Like, it, when is this going to be like, yeah, like you said, this dude is just not that dude. He's just not. He, he's a, I think he'll be a good, solid quarterback for the rest of his career, but he's just not going to be in the upper echelon of quarterbacks. And we just may have to just admit that to ourselves. That's all. And, Herm, is that your assessment as well? He's just yeah, okay. That's, he's that's not great. Thing. I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback. Um, you know, I, I just think that he's, he's okay. And I think, you know, we have an affinity for quarterbacks that are drafted, um, you know, in the first round, top five, top 10, in his case, top three, that we always want to associate um, where they were drafted with how good they are or how good they could potentially be. And I think, it, you know, the combination of that and the fact that he did have an MVP season and he definitely would have been the MVP um, had he not gotten injured is really hard for um, people uh, to absolve himself from that thought process. But, you know, when re- you really think about it, he's, to Darren's point, he's not that guy. And if we're being honest with ourselves, um, if, you, if, if, you, if you take a sample size of his five seasons and average it out, he's really a average, uh, average to slightly above average quarterback, which is okay, but he's not top ten. Mm. Well, I have no other <laughs> thoughts on Carson Wentz right now. 
right, well, we're getting a little a little a little heavy on time here, so we'll go through these next ones kind of quick if you guys don't mind. Herm, give me your uh, rookie of the year I, so far. I gotta go with my man Burroughs, man. I, I, I gotta mm, go with my man Burroughs. Burroughs good. He, he's uh, uh, I, I just I just I just love his level of confidence. Um, he has a, he has a quiet swagger to him. He 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 yes, can play. Um, um, he can play. He's not he's not the he doesn't have the biggest arm, but he's he, he can be deadly accurate. Um, he's tough in the pocket, um, and he goes through his progressions um, uh, like no other rookie. Um, this 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 kid might be something special, uh, and so and and to have his yeah. team competing the way that they do, um, and especially in a year like this. Uh, yeah, by hands down, it's definitely uh, Joe Burrows. Yeah, right. No training camp, just you know, preseason coming in, just balling, looking like a veteran. Like he he plays with so much poise. He doesn't look like he he does. He has good pocket awareness. That's a big thing for me. People that don't look rattled in the pocket. That's my that's my problem with Daniel Jones. With a lot of these young quarterbacks, with uh, Baker Mayfield, once things start to collapse, they just they they don't know what to do. They start to look around. They start to shuffle their feet, and he just doesn't do yeah. it, man. He play he plays big, like he, he you know. I, I really like him a lot. Who you got, D? I'm gonna go take it a step further. I'm gonna go mm. with Justin Herbert, and I actually think yeah. Justin Herbert. He looks awesome. maybe he looks. Awesome. Yeah, this may sound controversial right now, but I actually think Justin Herbert Ooh. will end up being better than That's Joe not- Burrow. Let me just say why. They're both top five. Yeah. Picks. yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Look at look at Justin Herbert's numbers right now. He's fifteen touchdowns, five picks through eight games. He's on pace to have thirty touchdowns and ten picks as a rookie. He has a hundred and four QB rating. Now I understand the issues that Hermes talked about with the Chargers earlier. With you know, obviously, with them blowing leads and you know the coaching and you know them being disappointing. I, I agree with all that. But if you have to say one bright spot for the Chargers and for the Chargers' future going forward, it's this guy. I, and I really think he's the real deal. I love Joe Burrow just like both of you guys do. But I really think this guy may end up being better than Joe Burrow. And I just look at the same things you kind of said about Joe Burrow. I think about this guy, his pocket awareness, how he looks, how comfortable he looks as a rookie. They kind of threw him in there because, you know, they started Tyrod Taylor at the beginning of the year. Mr. One touchdown, one <laughs> one pick or one touchdown, no picks. Um, hundred and ninety yards. Um, they, you know, he took over. He came in like it was nothing and took over this team. He's leading this team. I know, like I said again, I know they've been disappointing, but you just look at these numbers, man. I mean, it's 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 saying a lot that this guy can be on pace to have thirty touchdowns and ten picks in his rookie year, and with the rating he has now as a rookie, so. Once again, I think the Chargers have found their guy. And, you know, this guy can be their quarterback for the next 10, 15 years. And I actually think in the long run, while I love Joe Burrow, I think he may end up being better than Joe Burrow. Oh, man. So I was watching some Herbert highlights for work the other day. And he he throws such beautiful passes. Like, man, like he stays in the pocket doesn't even have to roll to the left or to the right. And he just throws a str- like a perfect strike. He has a beautiful deep ball, man. Like I'm, I'm in awe. I'm in awe of his, of, of his passing ability. I really am. And, and this is a guy who looks like he's been playing three, four years already. So 
I, I agree, D. I think he looks really good. I, I think the league is just in really good shape, man. There's a lot of really good young quarterbacks, and we don't know what we're going to see out of Tua. I don't know if he has the potential either of those guys do, but – you know, you guys remember how that class of 2018 was so over, was so hyped up with Rosen and Mayfield and Allen. Like, I feel like that class, this might end up being the much better one. Yeah. This, this 2020 yeah, class. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, but I, um, agree. I agree with you on Herbert. All right, let's do one more. This one's a little ridiculous, but you guys bear with me on this one, okay? So, um, Darian, Darian in particular knows – what my thoughts are on the Jets. Before the season started, I, I said they would be <laughs> god-awful, and all my dreams have came true. They are terrible. They're awful. They're one of the worst teams of all time. But are they 0-16 awful? So my question to you guys is, what is more likely to happen? <laughs> the Jets go 0-16, or my Steelers go 16-0? And before you guys start answering, I have both schedules up. In case you have any questions, you guys probably have it up too. But, Herm, what is more <laughs> likely to happen? <laughs> you, you, you know what? Initially, initially, I said uh, Steelers going 16-0. and 0. However, I do have you guys losing a close one in Buffalo week 14 against the Bills. Yeah, yeah. So, I, it's mm-hmm. definitely going to be the Jets at 0-16. That team is terrible. <laughs> It's all because of Adam Gase. How he still has his job, I don't know. Why he's still in that seat. Thank you, Herbert. It was about as confusing as why Bill O'Brien was in his seat as long as he was. Um, um, uh, Adam Gase is not in the hot seat. It's scolding. That team is terrible. Through week eight, they are the only team, the only team in the NFL that has not scored at least 100 points. The only team. And the closest team to them is the Redskins, and they scored 133. So this goes to show you how terrible that team that oh, team is. No. The only two. He's and Gates is supposed to be a guru, be a isn't guru. he? He's supposed to be That's like a terrible. <laughs> and so, in, in addition to that, they they have two games. So they have three games against teams that are under 500. Two against New England, and one against the Chargers. And I, I, Belichick's not going to let. Um, he's not going to let the uh, the Jets not happen. Not no happen. way. So their best shot no is going to be this weekend not um, against New England in New York, but that's not going to happen. And I knew, and the, and the other team that I spoke of that has an under 500 record is the Chargers. And we just got done talking about Justin Herbert, how great he is, and how how good that Charger team is, but they can't finish. That's not your average. That's not your average two and five team. They will take it to the Jets. So the Jets, more than likely are going to go 0-16 because I do not see any way, anyhow, they're, they're going to win another game because they play Miami, they play the Seahawks, um, and they play a, a couple other teams, even the Browns, <laughs> that have uh, winning records. It's just not happening. They're going to go 0-16, get the number one pick, and still find a way to mess that up. <laughs> <laughs> they might take, like, a kicker. That's the first pick or some crap. <laughs> All right, D, D, what are your thoughts on that, man? <laughs> first of all, first of all, we didn't even have to look at the schedule. You're talking about open up the schedule. I'm not looking at no damn schedule when it comes to the Jets. I can't believe we're talking about the Jets on this on this stupid po- on this damn podcast. It's not even a close they're going to go 0-16. 0-16 for sure over the uh, Steelers, you know, going 16-0. Like, like Herman said, obviously, like, you know, the Steelers may trip up at certain points. And, yeah, you know, they can have a bad game. 
or like you know lose a close one. Yeah, I mean it's hard to go sixteen and zero. Absolutely. But but the Jets. I mean, look the Adam Gase thing. Look, Hermes. Let me tell you something about our podcast, and her, and and Quam can 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 even attest to this. I've been saying this for years with Adam Gase. When they hired Adam Gase, I said, "What Seriously. the hell are they hiring Adam Gase?" I have never been an Adam Gase guy, even when he was with the Dolphins. I know he had that one year when he went to the playoffs. Whoop de doo. Okay, they got killed by the Steelers in the playoffs, by the way. So, yeah, I've never been a Gase guy. I don't know how he got another job. And thank God, I'm I'm a, I'm a kind of oh, I I can't believe I'm saying this, but and about any team because you know the Jets are not my team, but. I'm kind of happy and glad they're going through this just to see how awful Adam Gase is. Like, I've been saying this for years, but the Jets are just awful. They're pathetic. I, I didn't think any team could be worse than the Cowboys this year, but they take the cake. And, yes, they are going to go 0-16. And not just because of Gase, we're just, they're just god-awful on both sides of the ball. I'm t- you know what? I, I, I don't even think this is controversial anymore. Donald's not good. I'm sorry. I'm not I, seeing it. I, I disagree. Donald's not good. I disagree. They're not. They're no, not I, think, they're I, think, I don't think he's you good. can't destroy Gase and, and no. Yo, you don't think so yeah. either. Uh-huh. No, no. I I I think it's over. Listen, I mean, look. I listen. Look, no, look, 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 wait, hold on, hold on. With Sam Darnold, I've been kind of like you would wince. I've been waiting for him with the potential no, to be stop, good. I thought no. I saw flashes. No. no. Who the it's hell are their receivers? People can't tell me. They don't know. They keep saying Robbie Anderson. <laughs> He's not on the Jets anymore. They have no talent. Are you guys kidding me? So, Quab, Quab. They, tell, they got Frank the Gore. Frank Gore is their starting running back. They have come on. You guys just Quab, did, you just Quab, destroyed Gase. Listen, you just destroyed Gase. He's a terrible play caller. He's a terrible coach. What, what, has, what has he been given there? They have a terrible defense. He has nothing. Come on. What do you guys want him to do? He has absolutely nothing to work with. No running back. No, I'm sorry. No receivers. No tight ends. No. Like, what? He doesn't have anything. <laughs> stop it. No. I'll just stop it. I Quab, can't tell, believe y'all. Tell, Quab, tell the listeners the story of when you sent me that text of their roster when you looked at their receivers. Oh, well, ESPN didn't even recognize one of them. I think it said, I forgot what it said. It said, like, player. It didn't even know who their receivers are. But you're saying Darnold's not good. Who the hell does he have? Who? Yeah, but Quav, okay, what is this, his third year? I, I, get, I get what you're saying. But after a while, you, you got to stop making excuses for quarterbacks. Like, if, you're, if you have any type of talent or you're some type of good, you find a way. I, not I with know no he talent. Have... He has no, no, not a young quarterback with bad coaching and no talent. You can't find a way. How do you find a way? You just do. I think if you're talented, How? you find. We talked. No, about listen Burrow. to me. Listen, just just listen to me. Right. So, like somebody like Joe Burrow, like you said, you thought the Bengals would be awful, right? I don't. I don't really know their coach like that. I'm. I'm, I'm not going to say sit up here and say the Bengals coach could be good or he's good. I don't really know a lot about him. Obviously, we'll know probably in the next year or so because he'll probably get another shot. You know what I mean? Obviously, because he, you know, since he has his quarterback. But I just think you have. Okay, my problem with Darnold is I'm not seeing any progression or getting better, even with all that happening. Like, even if you're if you're good, you still find a way to kind of put up some type of numbers or you show some kind of flashes of, oh yeah, you know what? Even with all this chaos, you know he 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 can still be good. And I'm not seeing that. Like I'm sorry, even though Joe Burrow is is a rookie and and he has a new coach and he's the, I mean, the Bengals are still not that good. Like, he's not in the greatest situation, but he's making the best of it. He's he's showing flash. He's showing you he can still be that guy. He can be even because I mean I'm sorry. Outside 
AJ Green, who's always hurt. Who the hell is Joe Burrow throwing to? I actually think T. I mean, they have T. no receivers. Yeah, T. Higgins is actually a pretty good yards, receiver. But, no, okay, I'll you, okay, okay, I'll give you. Okay, I'll give you him. Kyler Murray. Who? Did, I mean, Kyler Murray has Hopkins and he has Fitzgerald. But this thing about it, who do you have last year? Fitzgerald's good, but he's he's been in the league for like thirty years. You know, and Kyler Murray was still able to show right exactly. But you saw, you saw, you saw, you saw potential with Kyler Murray. I'm not seeing that with Darnold. Bro, the Jets ended the, – the Jets just probably ended Le'Veon's career. And I say end career, meaning, like, just two years ago, we thought he was arguably a top three running back. Now it's like, who knows where his career is going to – they're ending careers, dog. They're ending careers. That's how bad they are. That's how bad they – No, I, I haven't once said I think Darnold's special. I, I just – for, for him, I just think they need to blow that whole thing up. They should. They should have. I'm surprised they didn't trade Darnold at the uh, Darnold at the deadline because uh, you even put him in New England, who also has terrible skill players. But by the way, Cam is really bad. Herm, I meant to talk to you about that, but we'll get to that. <laughs> I, 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 I gotta tell you about that one. <laughs> like he just legit can't throw. <laughs> he just legit can't throw the ball. I don't understand. But yeah, I I just want to see Darnold with some good tutelage, like just somebody that can, like, okay, coach him up a little bit. Darian, you just went on a rant about how awful Gase is. He is god awful. That whole organization's awful. I think it sucks because I I I don't think Darnold is bad. I just don't feel like he has anything. Like legit, I, I'm still waiting for you guys to tell me. Oh, you said Jamison Crowder. That's one of their. <laughs> come on, that, that's their number one receiver right now. Is Jamison Crowder. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, Quap, I mean, I hear everything you're saying. Yes, yes, Gase is god-awful. I said it from the beginning. But, again, I'll reiterate what I said. I think if you're a young quarterback in your third year, even with all the chaos, no matter how bad the organization is, you show some kind of flash or some kind of – you have games where you're like, okay, yeah. even if he gets a better coach or he's coached up better or, you know, he has a better system around him, he can still be good. I'm not seeing that with Darnold. I don't think if you threw Darnold in a good situation, you're still going to get the outcome you want. Like, oh, yeah, now he's on a better team, better talent. Now, all right, let's see what he can do. I don't see that. I just think he's what he is. Like, he's just not that good. And, again, once again, as a fan, as fans of the team, as just people that we that analyze and look at players and look at the game, sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves and just be real and say, look, this guy is not that guy. Even though he was a top pick, and you know you want you you want him to be good because you know you want to justify like oh yeah. this is why they took him he's just not that dude I, I just don't think yeah he's just not that guy mm. and sometimes you have to be real with yourself even if you rooting for the guy you say okay I think he could be good and he looked good in college he's just maybe not that guy and that he's you know same thing when we were talking about Wentz or Baker Mayfield we just may have to come to the realization that these are not that dudes you know what I mean mm-hmm. I'm not saying Wentz I'm not saying um, Darnold is on, you know, Wentz level or the Baker level. Well, yeah, Baker, I agree with you. All, all, all of you would Baker. And Baker has but, a ton of talent, um, too. He has no excuse. Exactly. I agree with you with Baker. But, yeah, I just don't see it with Darnold, man. I don't know what you're seeing, but I, no. I, I – and I get what you're saying. That Like, yeah, he has nothing to work with. Yeah. I get that. But, again, I know you said Joe Burrow has T. Higgins. Right. I'll give you that one. But he doesn't really have much of anything else. I mean, I like Joe Mick, uh Mixon, he's cool. Yeah, Mixon, I mean, Mixon's he's a, cool. Mixon's a, a, a real solid one. Solid. He's solid. Yeah, but, I mean, he's not working with a lot either. A.J. Green's always hurt, but he's still showing flashes. 
You know what I mean? Like, okay, so like, for instance, we were just talking about Justin Herbert. So Justin Herbert at least has, you know, he has to receive. He has, you know, um, Mike, who's, who's Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Yeah, he's got Keenan Allen, right. So I can't really make it, you know, he and he's shown what he can do with them. I don't know if you would have put Darnold in that same position. He would do what Justin Herbert's doing. I don't see it, but maybe you see something, but I just don't see it. I, I just think with him, it's been a really unfortunate situation. But her, yeah, you don't I seem just to don't, really see I it. Just, I just don't. I just don't see it. If you think about it, even – even even a Gardner Minshew went on a run where his team was winning and he showed like little flashes. I he looked pretty good, yeah. Exactly. I, I that's a great that's a great observation, Herm. Right. You didn't even see that with Darnold. He he's never had those runs where you're like, oh yeah, he can be good. Right. Yeah. Minshew had that, and and Darnold couldn't even have that. So that should tell you a lot right there. <laughs> I don't like how you guys are attacking me today, man. <laughs> supposed to be our one year anniversary show i'm over here like man i'm over here defending sam me, me, and Gary, that's me what and it's got this season, all right? <laughs> exactly there you all go all i'm saying is i don't know if he's special or not but it's just like damn man what a sucky situation it's just like you know you're throwing the i can't even tell you i really don't know who the beast going to but <laughs> With that said, Herm, man, it was really, really, really great having you on the show, man. We appreciate you taking some time to join us on our midseason no, no, anniversary I show. Thank you. The pleasure was all mine. You guys, you guys are awesome. Uh, this doesn't even feel like we're doing a podcast. Uh, when when I'm with you guys, it's all natural. Uh, once again, congrats, you guys, you guys, you guys are doing your thing. Uh, uh, it's always fun. Appreciate appreciate having me on, fellas. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Always always appreciate the support from you. And, uh, you know, we'll have you all, always on in the future talking, uh, the, you know, NFL, NBA, whatever. Uh, you know, whenever I become a Cowboys fan again, we'll, we'll talk that too. So, uh, yeah, it'll be good. <laughs> all right, we'll do it again next week. <laughs>